goodness me, we're back again. Week after week after week, we're bringing you that good shit. I'm Justin Lang, one of the podcast hosts with the worst eyebrows in America, joined by my co-host, Maddie B. How are you, sweetheart? What's going on on the left coast? <laughs> every time, I don't know why, every time you do the <laughs> intro, I, I laugh. And I know it's the same thing every time, but every time I start like laughing so hard, I almost cry. I don't know why. I'm doing great again. So me and Justin just wrapped up like one of the best interviews ever, not even just with us, but just like in general, it was so great with Zach Cox. So we're, we're keeping it short and sweet tonight because we talked to him for two fucking hours and like, we're not going to subject you guys to a hundred year long podcast. Um, and like everything he said was way more important than anything we could ever say tonight. So we're just going to keep it short and sweet. Um, what's going on with me? Well, what's going on with us? We're fucking global. We're Pitbull Mr. Worldwide. We're international. When I looked at that the other day, I was flummoxed, to say the least. I mean, I couldn't believe it. We're in 36 states. We're in a bunch of countries. Listen, we're we're trying to tell you, you got to get on now. Otherwise, this train's leaving the station, baby. We're rolling out of town. All right. We're rolling out of town. Get on uh, while you Matt, can, because Maddie and I are shoveling coal into the engines of this <laughs> locomotive. You better get your boarding pass and get on the goddamn train. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. All right. You're good. <laughs> Justin's making me laugh. It's fucking true. 36 states to me, I don't know why, is more impressive than like the country's thing. Because I yeah. feel like, yeah, like the one person that's now living in Russia who I had sex with has maybe listened like one time. But mm. like people in 36 states, like that's a lot. Like, I don't know why yeah. that's more impressive to me. I'm proud of us. We've got 36 states. We've got a couple of Canadian provinces, Ontario and Alberta. Shout out. Shout out. Right. We're big hockey fans. All right. We yeah, like we the are. Western time zone, Alberta. So keep mm-hmm. us in mind. All right. Mm-hmm. Australia. Queensland and Victoria. Which one did you live in when you were down there? Honestly, I fucking don't even know. Let me look up. <laughs> I actually uh, thought of that when you texted me today because I think that my friends live in New South. Hold on. Let me look at this. Queens. Hold on. Gold Coast, Australia. Um, I think it's in I'm Queensland, so but I'm not 100% sure. Yes, it is in Queensland. So that makes sense. And then I wonder, my friends live in New South Wales, which I think is... is like different and that's weird that they're not listening because like you guys my fucking best friend scott and tara what the fuck i'm gonna scream at them later about this um victoria is let's look at victoria i'm sorry that we're doing this live on the air right now but like now i just need to know and this is what happens and if justin wants to cut it in post he cuts it in post and it is what it is yeah southern southeastern australia oh it's like melbourne and stuff oh wow or melbourne that's I don't really know. Oh, no, my friend Steven lives in Melbourne and this like influencer that follows me randomly lives there. Uh, Kurt Coleman. I fucking love him. He's the shit. And uh, maybe he's listening. That'd be cool. So maybe we can have him on. I love the name Kirk. It's very Australian. Kurt, Kurt, K-U-R-T. Oh, oh Kurt. But Sorry. but they went through a really intense quarantine situation down there, like really strict. So oh, really? yeah, he like, I don't know why he's like so body positive like into himself just like 
hysterical. I'll send you him when we get off. He's really funny. He's younger. He's younger than us, like way younger than us, but he's hysterical. Um, we also have France, yeah. the UK, Ireland, my friend Molly in Costa Rica, shout out Amanda Shea in Southern Africa. She hit us up too. shout out to you. Thanks yep. for bringing that global. Uh, Indonesia, Ireland, apparently Maddie fucked a Russian guy <laughs> who lives there. So He's he's listening. Apparently, uh, trying to trying to climb back in the old wa- treehouse okay. there, man. Speaking of this, again, I don't know if this is just because these guys know that I have a podcast and they're scared that I'm going to talk about them. Which, like, honestly, I haven't. Fair. The but one that reasonable, I think, right? Fair, but reasonable. The one I think that lives in Russia. I don't know where he. I think he's in Russia still. He doesn't follow me, but he watched my stories like two weeks, two or three weeks ago, and I was like, that's fucking weird because then he went to search for me, and then. I talked about this other guy that went to UNH and doesn't follow me. And I, the one I was like, this is a different guy I was in love with, but I was like in love with him and he slept on SJ's couch with me. I don't know if you remember that story. It was like very d- brief. Yes, I do remember this. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And I like, I, I literally like cried when we left for college because I was like, I'm obsessed with you, but like you have a girlfriend and I'm never going to see you again. He, he does not live in this country. I'm not going to say where he lives because it'll get, it'll probably give it away if like any, any, I don't know. I just don't want to say it, but he looked at my Instagram stories two days ago. And I was like, Ooh. I have not seen or talked to you since literally like the last day of senior year. You live out of country and you're married. So like, what are you doing looking at my rants about the Sopranos? And like, what prompted you to look at my page? And yeah. I mean, we can only chalk it up to he's a diehard. How can this be fan? And I thank him for it. Yeah. Either that or he's drawn in by the power of the pussy. Yeah. And that's called manifestation, baby. Except I need to start manifesting men that aren't married. Cause like, what the <laughs> fuck? Uh, Available we, men. Hit me up. We've also had in the past, not this past month, apparently, but Germany, Switzerland, and I think there's a, oh, New Zealand also. No, no listeners so far in, in West Virginia, Michigan, Alabama. Mississippi, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Oklahoma, the Dakotas, which should just be one state, uh, Wyoming, Oregon, Alaska, Hawaii, and Delaware. So what the fuck? Those states. I have two X's in two of those states. Fuck you guys for not listening. Yeah. Listen, come on. Support me out of this relationship, even though it's been like seven years. We don't ask for much except for hundreds of thousands of downloads from these states that are not downloading our podcast. All right. Listen, I'm sorry. We fucking hate Trump, Arkansas, but like get over it. Yeah. Suck it up. Alabama, Mississippi. Figure it out. I love all figure it the fuck out. Yeah. Listen, I'm sure the people in Mississippi are a great sort. Um, But anyway, before we go down a, a, a massive rabbit hole of (laughs) me taking up issues I have with, North and South Dakota who are, I don't know, worthless. Prove me wrong. Nobody tunes in from there. You're worthless to me. Prove me wrong. Worthless. Prove, prove the us first wrong. person from either of those two states that tweets at me or sends something to our podcast Instagram page and can prove that they live there, I will. I don't know. I'll do gonna, something. I'll, I'll know. Once we get merch, we'll send you a free merch. Yeah, we'll send you a free t-shirt. I will autograph a trading card that I commission of myself, all right? With a with like a baseball bat and a tank top. Yes. Like looking all sexual. Yes. All right? Yes. I'll, I'll do That's one of those. That's what the people That's really we'll want. Do. You get a t-shirt and a sexy baseball card and possibly a picture of Maddie's feet from her OnlyFans account. Listen, this is what you want to see. You want to see these nine and a halfs, okay? They haven't had a pedicure in like two months. So, oh man, the getting's good, baby. <laughs> You're in the feet. 
Do you have a foot fetish? Hit Maddie up. She's got some Hit, claws yeah. going on. Wouldn't right be now. the first time some dude asked about that, but I'm sure it certainly won't be the last. Not at Anyways, all. Anyways, we need to get into this because I'm screaming in this microphone. I wonder if this audio is going to be okay, but no, you sound fine. Trust me. Okay, perfect. We need to just cover Bachelor because it was the best episode I've ever seen because oh, Victoria and that other girl with the teeth went home. Anna and Victoria. See ya. That yes. was fantastic. What an episode. We've been building up to this for a few weeks. This It finally came to a head. Victoria had maybe the most epic meltdown I have ever Insane. seen in Bachelor history. It was, to quote our, our favorite, Chris Harrison, Unlike anything you've ever seen before on The Bachelor, the most dramatic episode in the history of the show, coming up next. It was the best meltdown I've ever seen, Mads. I'm just going to say this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I texted Maddie... Because I'm on the East Coast. She's on the West Coast. I texted her last night while I was watching and they were doing the going into the commercial previews. And I said, Bachelor preview for you, 8.26 p.m. There's a highlight of a scene with Victoria crying and saying, if it happens, I'm going to die. And she said, oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Dude, okay. Her dress, polyester, terrible. Then she's wearing a legit like, she, again, she's wearing a, a bra that's not proper for that dress. I, I just doesn't like, what are you trying to pull? Just awkward, weird, whatever. Then, terrible style. Terrible style. Starts having a complete meltdown. She is like, okay, so I now after watching that, she is legitimately like a, a true narcissist sociopath, like to her core. She genuinely in her head doesn't think she's doing anything wrong. Like she genuinely in her head believes that she's not inciting like this bullying. She, she genuinely thinks she's the best candidate for Matt. Like, you know, she's the prettiest, she's the smartest, she's the hottest. Like she genuinely believes that. So I was like, this is kind of scary to watch this happen. And then when she exited and told Matt that she feels bad for him, here's the difference. That's like one of my favorite things to say to someone when they're like being so horrible. And I've said it on this before. I'm like, I fucking feel bad for you. Like, you're so embarrassing. Like, I feel bad because like girls have said that to me and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go cry for three days. Like, that's so such like a like in your core thing to say to somebody that's so simple, but just like terrible. She said that to Matt and Matt couldn't have cared less. He was like, can you leave already? Like, I should have gotten ready the night one, but you're just insane. So yeah. I'm happy that she's finally gone. She literally said, I brought so many people joy. <laughs> How out of touch with reality is she? I'm just like, you truly are a narcissist. Like, you genuinely don't think you've done anything wrong, ever. It's when she said that, I lolled. I was like, joy, as in, like, what do you mean, joy? Define joy. One of my notes literally just said, no one is hugging Victoria, LOL, <laughs> when she had to leave and no one hugged her goodbye. Wait, she was like hiding in the back behind all the other girls. I thought she was going to just try to stay. That's what I, I thought too. she was going to do. I was like, oh my God, this is going to get messy. Like, I did Car- too. I thought she was going to be like, I'm not leaving. Kara and I were watching that edge of our seats. When he sent her home, I felt like I had just put like an entire paycheck on a 15 seed to beat a two and they yes. won at the buzzer. And I was like, running around the room, pumping my fists, Woo! screaming at so the top excited. of my lungs, just fired the fuck up that up. this bitch was gone. 
my thing is, if she was talking about the joy she's going to bring when she left, then yes, girl, you brought joy to every heart, someone in America that's been watching this show. I genuinely was like, I don't think he's going to get rid of her. I was nervous. I was like, I don't even think that this is going to happen. And I'm so happy that it did. And then also it just came to light that that girl that was on the single date is a racist. Did you see that one? Rachel? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Kara showed on me TikTok? on TikTok. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. she's just like her friends and like she lives in the most racist county in Georgia. And like her mom is like an insane Christian weirdo. Like, I don't know, Trump supporting psychos and her friends say the N word. Like her white female friends tweeted saying, what's up N word? But like said it. Yeah. And this is like her friends, like the friend that defended her or something said it. Yeah. I was like, this is Terry. Like, I don't know. That, that's like in uh, in Pilot Pete's season. It came out that the girl Victoria, another Victoria, they're gonna stop casting Victorias on this show. They're all terrible. Ugh. This girl Victoria yeah. showed up doing a White Lives Matter photo shoot. Yeah, and she tried to say it was about I, I forget what some sort of marine life because she's from Virginia <laughs> Beach, and I was like. I, you know, regardless of whatever marine life you're into, I don't think that's What does it have best. to do with white lives? It doesn't have anything to do with white lives. It's just like some like some sort of white fish, white white swordfish or something like that, white marlins. Oh, I see. Like that. But like girl white. But read the room for me one time. <laughs> one time as before you go and do a white lives matter photo shoot. Listen. Yeah, swordfish lives matter. Doesn't roll off the tongue, but it's a much better option than that. Yeah, what the fuck? Dude, how out of touch with reality can you be? Also, MJ is my now other least favorite. She went down. I used to like her, and then she Same. mixed it up with the she was the um she was the, the Gretchen Wieners of that uh of that <laughs> of the Regina George crew there. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Also today, the five-year-old asked me, or no, he told me I was, I said he couldn't do something. And he goes, you're the meanest girl in the world. And I go, I'm not the meanest girl in the world. I know who the meanest girl in the world is. And he said, who? And I said, Regina George. And he goes, is she still alive? <laughs> she shouldn't be. She got hit by a bus. I know. And I was like, yeah, she's alive. Like, he doesn't know it's from a movie. He's five. But I was like, it's Regina <laughs> George. He's like, and that was his question. Not like, where does she, he's like, is she still alive? He's going to be older, like Googling Regina George. But anyways, perfect analogy. She was a Gretchen Wieners. And now she's uh, in my other notes. It says calling someone an antagonist and then calling someone an escort is not the same because she was like comparing calling someone an escort to like when that other girl called her an antagonist. And I was like, girl, those aren't the same things. Not at all. You need to chill. And then she's like, I preach harmony and peace. And I'm like, girl, you literally just were like, get your fucking popcorn if you want to see a fight. She used that twice. She used that thing twice. Just get your popcorn. Get your popcorn. She used it twice in two separate. And that bothers me. It's lazy comedy, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's lazy. Use a different analogy. Use a different metaphor. Give me something else, MJ. I get it. She's probably not that smart. It's fine. Whatever. But her, she was like just making things up. 100%. She was like, I never said any of that. I never said it was varsity versus JV. Meanwhile, no. let's check tape, bitch. You yeah. did. Each we of the last the three weeks. Yeah. We have the receipts. And like the other girl that was like talking to her, that was fighting with her, 
I was like, this is the cattiest shit ever because MJ is just going off. And then the girl just again, like the tactics that these women have been using. I'm like, this is top tier shit. Like some of the things that they've been doing, like she just goes, are you done? And I'm just like, oh, like saying that to someone when they are like going off and they just feel stupid and like not validated in their feelings. And she's just like, are you done? I'm like, girl, that cuts hard. But it's just so catty. I don't know. But let's see what happens next week. I love that they that they all just got exposed by Katie. And Matt said to Victoria when he was talking to her about it, he goes, well, this was brought to my attention by Katie, just like throwing her under the bus. I was like, oh, no, this is going to turn out poorly for Katie because I like Katie. She's one of my favorites on the show here. Me too. And then Victoria was just so focused on herself and her own meltdown. She didn't tell anybody else who was the one that said it, which I think was the point of him like saying that. The producer was probably like, yeah, you got to tell her it's Katie so that manufactures some more drama after Victoria, Anna, and eventually MJ leaves. I can't wait. Them he, she well, didn't say we, anything. She was like we think in a catcher stance crying in she, the middle in of the fucking lobby. Stance. Yo, I know. And she's like, I really like a, I thought she was going to leave to save face, but like, she's not smart enough. No, no. She still thought she was going to win. She still thought she was going to move a, on to the next round. I was on her Instagram and she, again, deletes all of the negative comments. And to the point where Instagram, sometimes when you click on comments, it'll say like, comments on this post have been limited and that's what it said because she's legitimately limiting comments and deleting the negative ones she's absolutely terry harry she's the definition of terry conniving psycho just like terry human so that's that but yeah she's terrible i mean bachelor i don't know who's gonna win i thought it was gonna be that girl but now she's a fucking racist who knows yeah that stuff probably came out afterwards. Like he probably has no idea. I haven't really liked her for some time. But like, time. did the producers not? Like, did the producers not know? Like, I'm assuming they would go through all your history. I I would hope so. But then again, Hannah Brown season, Jetty Jingles, who made the cat food commercial with his fucking music, they found out when they bring everybody back at the end for the reunion show, they didn't even make it a couple of weeks. They found out Jed had a girlfriend. The whole time he was on the show. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, like, how much digging are we doing here? Let's do some digging. Let's get rid of the racists. Let's get rid of the idiots. Mm -hmm. Actually, no. Keep the idiots. I like -hmm. like a good idiot from time to time. We need some drama. Get rid of the racists. Get rid of the people who have significant others already. You know, let's let's clean it up here, batch producers. Let's figure it out. I just want to know, like, what would happen if I, I just am continuously putting myself in these shoes. But, like, if I was on Matt James' season, I'd be like, I don't like you. You're too boring. And then, like, what happens? Like, I just, like, have to pretend that I care? Yeah, I guess so. Or, like, Nick He's... Vale, you're, like, no. Matt is just so... He kisses with his eyes open. He's... Oh, weird. Just got, there's no substance to him. He's like right here. It's all surface level. He's not very deep. He's got no charisma. He's not exciting or interesting by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's because he's so worried about his image. I don't know why, or like he doesn't, he like he, isn't that one of his problems that he says is like being vulnerable. Like he doesn't want to get hurt. So he's just very, like he has a lot of walls up, a lot of walls, which is like someone I wouldn't want to get involved with. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like, 
I need you. No. And like, Not I me. mean, we've all been there and whatever, but Tyler Cameron, he wasn't the bachelor, right? No, he was Whose season. Was he on Hannah Brown's? He was the runner up with the who, who uh, one Jed, Jetty Jingles, the one that had the girlfriend. Oh, he legit won. And then, oh yeah. And then she found out that he had a, a girlfriend the entire time. Wait, what's his, I'm going to look him up right now. What's his last name? I think it's Jed Wyatt. He's like oh, yeah, short too. There's not a lot of redeeming qualities about him. I didn't think he was going to win when he was on the season. I found him annoying the whole time. Oh my God. His head is a trapezoid. He's got a hell of a squash on him. He looks like something is off about him and I can't figure out what it is. Hannah Brown is beautiful. Like, He's got a blockhead. He looks like a Lego. Yeah. He looks. <laughs> he does. He's got That's a head of a Lego. Exactly what he looks like she is oh my god he's wearing a beanie she is like absolutely gorgeous tyler cameron is the hottest person i've ever seen absolutely should have picked him how could you not pick him he is so hot and i feel like he's like so funny and cool like i feel like jed cannot be funny and cool right i don't know i didn't watch the show i that that season the final four Two stunk. Jed stunk and he won. And then Luke P, one of the Bachelor villain greats, Luke P. You got to look him up, Maddie. He's something Luke else. Luke P? Luke P. Luke P, Luke Bachelor. P. Okay. He's, he's got like nothing to him. He's got less charisma than Matt James. Wait, hold on. And then the other two were Tyler Cameron and Pilot Pete. So I thought those okay. two should have been in the finals. This was on Hannah B's too. Yeah. It says he was forced to pay $100,000 for a breach of contract. Was he? I didn't know about this. Yeah, but what's his breach of contract? I don't know. Wait. Luke P. Bachelor. It says Luke Parker, who completed and plagued Hannah Brown's bachelorette season with his outdated ideology about a woman's place in this world, has been ordered to pay $100,000 to the show's producers for breaching his contract. According to court documents obtained by People, Parker made several media appearances that were unauthorized while he was still under contract with the bachelorette. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Oh, damn. He's the most forgettable person of all time. So, like, why would you even... like? Parker signed a contract that stipulated he was barred from any unauthorized use or disclosure of any information or events he witnessed or learned as a contestant or to make any negative or disparaging remarks about the series until his contract expired on July 30th, 2020. My birthday. That was my 30th birthday, bitch. Hell yeah. (laughs) I wonder how long that... That's a long time contract, right? Because her season was, like, a while ago. Yeah, I gotta I gotta find out when that was. Let's see. The Bachelorette. I mean, if I want to marry Tyler Cameron, which I do, I'm gonna have to learn to do with Matt James because they're friends. So like Matt James, I'm once again asking you to gain a personality from now and next week. Yeah. That's what exactly. I mean. That season with Hannah Brown premiered May 13th, 2019. So oh, well, but they were shooting. Well, I guess you're not like doing press when you're on the show. So okay. So it's like a year, probably like a little over a year. So the season spanned May 13th to July 30th, 2019. So basically okay, so- a year from when the show ended. Okay. Wow. Makes sense, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Also, I'm once again eating on the pod and I'm sorry. It, tonight it's granola. Everyone can hear it. Again, I'm not going to stop doing it. So, yeah. Sorry. Listen, we only have one rule here. It's don't get fired. And don't get Maddie, fired. I don't think it's going to get fired from her job for eating on a podcast. So I think I've done a hundred thousand things worse than eating on the pod. Same. Fired from my job. That, 
Absolutely same. Also, I'm just going to comment again. Justin looks like he's lost even more weight in the best way. It's it's fit. incredible. Listen, here's my secret, all right? Develop a debilitating <laughs> autoimmune disease. Autoimmune disease. And number two, work out on the Peloton bike daily. Yes. You'll get the results you need. I've lost like 45 pounds now. You look unbelievable. I really can't get over it. And I, I'm telling you, it's the gluten because your face is so much thinner. Listen, gluten's in like everything I've found out. It's it crazy. I'm, I'm also gluten-free, but not because I have celiac. It's just because like I get tummy aches. And yeah. it really is in everything. It, it, it is in everything. It's a lot things, of hard things you wouldn't expect. Soy sauce. Soy sauce. Barbecue sauce. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Pretty much any sort of dark sauce. Yeah, has gluten in it. All the best kinds. Yeah, the best I mean, ones. Disaster. So Although just like, I'm like, why is there flour in this? Yeah. Like, why? I don't need there to be flour in this. Whatever. It and there are is. plenty of good alternatives. Vegetables. Go to Hannaford. They have gluten-free sections. Go yeah. to Trader Joe's. Go to Whole yeah. Foods. Go to yeah. an upscale supermarket. They have gluten-free stuff. It's great. I do love it's Whole easy. Foods now. Yeah. I went to Whole Foods in the quarantine, like, beginning, because I was like, this is the only joy I get is, like, actually really good food now that, and you can't go out to eat. And yeah. so now I'm just addicted to Whole Foods and I spend way too much money there, but it really is like so much better. Do you guys have a Whole Foods near you? No, you have Village Market. Isn't that what it's called? We used to have a Village Market. Yeah, it went out of business, but we do have a Whole Foods oh, God. near me. Yeah, and in, uh, in Bedford. So oh. um, there's a Whole Foods and a Trader Joe's in the same little plaza area yeah, there. Plaza. Yeah, plaza. that. I'm slowly sinking down. This is what happens when we go through the pot. <laughs> I get lower and lower and then I'm like on yeah. my back. We've been at this for a while, people. We're we're burning the midnight oil to bring you, literally on my end, the midnight oil. It's midnight yeah. here uh, to yeah. bring you the best content that we can. All right. Listen, we do it for our fans, international fans, domestic fans. Yeah. All the fans. And you know what? I'm going to start the calling people out. We, we provide you hours of great content for free. And we can't even get some of you to send us some mailbag questions. It's bullshit. Um, wait, I love you for that. Cause like, yeah, we fucking entertain you for free. Ask us some questions, fucking write in. Or pl actually people have been doing a really excellent job at at least rating us. Like we've gone yeah. up a lot in the ratings on uh, Apple pods, but write a fucking review, please. Please. Yeah. You guys don't understand how much, like, I know it's so annoying when it's like, like subscribe, like rate a review. It makes such a difference writing a review. And like also in the, depressing time that is my life and Justin's life right now because we're in a fucking quarantine seeing some people write the reviews like makes me so happy so like just do it for my mental health if not just to be nice <laughs> yeah listen here I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example template uh Justin sexiest podcast voice I've ever heard probably has a huge hog Maddie <laughs> super hot funny on Twitter there you go great yes! review five stars boom wow use listen, that you guys all right, we're writing templates for you. We're we're giving you the answers, all right? This is like AP English, and the teacher's just giving you the test. Write these yeah. answers down. Please, please. And I don't know who you are based on your Apple fucking ID. So, like, even if we've slept together and you don't think I like you, I probably fucking don't, but please just write a review anyways. Please just redeem yourself. Maybe I'll unblock you. Who knows? Probably fucking not, but, like, just do it and yeah. see. We're not going to know. I'm, not, I'm probably not even going to know it's you anyways based on your Apple ID. Listen, it. it's hard out here in these streets, all right? Mm -hmm. Maddie and I have been plugging away at this. We're, 
We're, like I said earlier, we're shoveling coal into that locomotive. We're firing up. All right. <laughs> you want to, you want to buy stock in the podcast right now? This is Amazon at 250 a share. All right, baby. We're going to be fucking <laughs> rocking and rolling here. 2,500 bucks. You can't afford us. All right. You I'm going to be, afford- I'm going to be wearing leather jackets, shirtless with skinny jeans. Maddie's going to be wearing shit where you can see like almost her cans through it. All the plastic surgery I've been able to buy. Yeah, we're going to be flying around in private jets and you're going to be like, shit, you know what? I wish I left them a review saying Justin had a huge hog when I had the chance. You know what? Do it now or forever hold your peace. This was the best rant I've ever heard on this (laughs) podcast from you. Hands down, I need a way for you to clip this out so we can put it on the Instagram because that was 10 out of fucking 10. You know what? There uh, is a way. If there's the a image, will, there's a way. There's a way. There's an image of, of us. I need someone to make this. I don't know if it exists even, but like photoshopping our faces onto an old timey movie of someone fucking shoveling coal into a locomotive and me just like in the window, like waving. I need yeah. that. It's going to be, you know what? You know what would be a good one? You and I, what? our faces superimposed on the people that are working below deck in the Titanic. You know, hopefully yeah. our ship doesn't <laughs> sink, but. Wait, yes, that's so Those guys funny. are working hard. Yes, and they're keeping they're, that ship alive, baby. And they're firing around just as many expletives as we are. So like Yeah, they are. I don't know. I am losing my mind. Yeah. Listen. Wow. We're we're Get at this. We're giving it our all. We're giving you our all. We Give need us you review. to return the favor. All right. I'm sorry we're bullying you, but like please, I literally <laughs> talk about I literally talk about like buying pregnancy anti-pregnancy fucking pills and breaking my wrist in bed with a dude and i bring you guys through my whole life okay what more do you want please yeah i talked about listening to an ex-girlfriend of mine getting plowed on the phone oh God, i forgot about that the shit that we used to say i mean yeah we say all the time but like we have been doing this for a while you've been doing this obviously way longer than i have but like we've been down quite a road i've i've been through like in my mind, I've been in like eight relationships and physically I've been in none, but like I've taken you all down a road of me being in like eight relationships with men. Oh, speaking of. Yeah, let's hear it, baby. Wait, no, you knew about this. This is funny. So last episode that just came out, I talk about this new finance guy and this was like right as Robin Hood was going down. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember? Okay, so I met him on that Sunday and I was like, this guy's hot. We like played back him together. I was like, fuck yeah. Y'all probably saw it in my story because my friend put it up. And I was like, this is cool. Like I could get to know this person if I had to. It would be kind of cool, whatever. Works in finance. So then I slid into his DMs and I used the Robin Hood shit to slide into his DMs. And I said, hey, I'm super annoyed that you didn't tell me to buy GameStop. Or no, it was before Robin Hood. It was before. It was right when GameStop was coming out in the mainstream media. And I said, hey, I'm as my newly appointed financial advisor, I'm frankly fucking annoyed that you didn't tip me off to buy GameStop stock. And he was like, LOL, like said something. And then come to find out the next day, the next day, Robin Hood shit comes out and he works for fucking Citadel, who is like in it with everybody. And I was like, 
no fucking wonder you didn't tell me to buy the GameStop stock because you were fucking short selling it. So like, no wonder you weren't telling me. I couldn't believe it. So then I slid into his DMs again and I said, hey, this is just a wellness check because everyone on my Twitter seems to be really mad at you, LOL. And he just said, LOL, haven't spoken since. Wow. <laughs> what? I hope he's doing well. <laughs> uh, verbal meme here, all right? Verbal meme. Justin and Maddie take down the finance industry with the always sunny yes. entrance screen yes. with the theme yes. music. All right. That's our verbal meme of the night. I was like, I wish I could infiltrate this even more. I feel bad for him. I was like, he must be going through some shit. I was like texting his roommate. His roommate was like, don't even fucking ask. Like it's an absolute shit show right now. So anyways, I also told my brother cause he's in finance and I, he was like, you're fucking kidding. And he was like, that's the funniest shit I've ever heard. And I was like, dude, I know. Again, we're living in a simulation. It's unbelievable. I, I am involved. I, the first time I ever heard about simulation theory was on the show Dave, starring Lil Oh my Dickie. God, best show ever. Yeah. And ever since I've been doing this podcast with Maddie, I've learned more and more about it. And the things she says, they make sense. I'm like, listen, y'all. Also, that guy fucking randomly viewing my story after yeah. I said his name. I mean, Maybe he's listened. I don't know if he has. That means he's been because I've never noticed he's looked at my story before. I yeah. mean, it's hard for me to go through every single. It's a lot. Not that I get a lot of views, but I'm just saying it's like a tedious thing to look for. It's not like I'm looking for his name. It just kind oh, of yeah. popped up. So I feel like the universe was like, Meh. here you go. If here he's not he listening now, you're going to think he is. And then it's all going to snowball. Yeah. Uh, but Seneca Crane sitting above us in the Hunger Games dispatch room. Yep. Maddie's feeling a little bit good about herself. Let's drop uh, an ex-lover watching her Instagram story. I mean, and I was in love with him in college. I mean, all of the guys that I was in love with the college are now randomly watching my stories. I'm like, what do you want from me? Is this like, what do you want? Being single is so fun and so fucking not fun at the same time. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's like every day I wake up and I'm like, today could be the day. And then every night I go to sleep and I'm like, tomorrow could be the day. And you just never know. And you live in this constant state of like, what the fuck is happening in my life? I, I wish I could speak more to this, Maddie, but I've, I've been out of the game for, for, for quite five some time. years now as of, That's as crazy. of uh, mid-January. So. Well, I've been out of boyfriend in three years. Um, His new girlfriend is so fucking hot. I was like, I'm honestly proud of you. And that's how I know that I'm mature because I'm genuinely, there's so much food stuck in my MacBook I'm looking at right now. Um, <laughs> I'm Because so, I finally finished watching The Sopranos and I've just been eating snacks and watching The Sopranos. But yeah, so I'm proud of him. So if you're listening or if any of his friends are listening, let him know, dude. She's fucking hot as hell and I'm proud of you. But moving on, Sopranos ending. So I had a poll. I had a poll on my Instagram story because mm. I watched The Sopranos. I didn't watch anything else for probably two weeks. It only took me two weeks to finish. And I said, do you think Tony is alive? Yes or no? Justin, what do you think? Well, this is kind of an unfair question because I know the answer. Well, no, I already watched it. No, I know, but they did an interview with David Chase. Somebody did an interview with David Chase, the guy that uh, that owns the... Uh, is it David Chase that was the writer of uh, of The Sopranos? I got to look this up. I have been down... I, I need you to understand that I've been... I've listened to every single uh, interview with the creators and the producers and everybody. But they yeah. never give straight-up answers. They always are like, if it didn't happen then, it can happen eventually anyways. Or like... I was going to have him die in the tunnel 
or whatever and then i didn't have him die in the tunnel in an accident and like that's how i wanted it to end but yeah. as far as my poll goes 50 votes for he's dead 19 votes for he's alive yeah the interview that i i saw david chase the creator of the sopranos let it slip that he was in fact killed in that scene so he was yeah so that's why I, I feel bad giving it away. I took the suspense away. Well, no, I think that he was too, just because of what Bobby says. And then they reference it again about when he says, you probably don't even hear it or see it coming. Yeah. It just happens. And that guy in the members only jacket and it's just shady. It's just as much as I hate it because I wanted answers. That is one of the most like unbelievably well built up endings ever because like, so I was reading this in an interview or not an interview an analysis of it. And I was like, that's so true. Like meadow parallel parking a car for three minutes. I was losing my mind, but why <laughs> it's because it was the last episode of the Sopranos that I was like, we're getting down to the wire here. Like what's going to happen? Park the fucking car. But if that was like in season two, I'd be like meadow needs to figure it out. Like this is why is this happening? Yeah. The way they like let, and then like the onion rings, just like everything. So I think he was, I think he was too, because everything just went dark. Yeah. And then I read this other theory about how a lot of it in that episode was from his perception of like what was going on and what he was seeing. And then like, it just went dark and I was like, oh, well, yeah, he probably fucking died. Yeah. Oh, which is horrifying. And then he was killed in front of his entire family. Yeah. Which is something. <sighs> Talk about fucking your kids up. I mean, I can't imagine Chrissy getting murdered. I couldn't believe Justin. Yeah. I couldn't believe he did that. I was like, how fucking dare you? He's your fucking family. He was supposed to be the one that was going to take over the family and you just kill him. You cold blood and murder. And then what's his face? The guy that owns bought a Bing gets shot in the car. I would, did not see that coming. And then when Bobby gets murdered, I lost all grasp, grasp on reality. In the, in the model train store. Again, unbelievable writing because when he's there, and he makes that comment about his son, about how he's not interested anymore. And it like made me so sad to think about that. And then they just kill him right there when he's already feeling like sad that his son doesn't want to be involved. And then I'm thinking about those poor kids whose dad just got murdered. Their mom got murdered or their mom died. Their dad's murdered. And like, yeah, they're fucking stuck with C word Janice. Oh God. Is she your least favorite yes. character in the show? I thought you were going to say on television. Cause yeah, I cannot think of another fictional character on television I hate more than her. I really cannot. Even Joffrey. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I've seen a couple episodes. I hate her a thousand times more. Yeah. I hate her Joffrey more than Joffrey sucked. But she's the worst. He was a good villain. But like yeah. Janice, well, like, you know, Joffrey was supposed to be the villain. Right. Right. Janice exactly. was just Tony's sister. Every guy she slept with in the show got killed. Yes. She was just, she truly is a black widow. She really is. Unbelievable. She's just super manipulative. And that's just all I really have to say. Meadow Soprano's glow up was unbelievable. Oh yeah. She is just like so beautiful. Same with Edie Flacco or Edie Flacco fucking car. Edie Falco, she, yeah. Yeah, she looks amazing by the end. But yeah, I don't know. That was a really good show. I'm, I'm, I would watch it again for sure. Cause I feel like I yeah. missed a lot of stuff. Like I was like kind of confused. Yeah. Hey, everybody who's listening to this, spoiler alert, but the show know, ended right? like 14 years ago. So if you yeah. haven't watched it by now, I don't know what to tell you, man. So I'm, ugh, yeah. excuse me. You got to get I've... on the ride. You got to figure it out. I don't know what else I was. I feel like I had something else I was going to say, but maybe not. This is long. Do we have anything else we want to cover like quickly? Um, I just feel bad because this is so long and like 
our, our listeners, you know? That's all right. Listen, you don't have to listen to it all in one whack. Just that's true. Listen to it in, in sections. If um, you get sick of us, like fast forward to Zach Cox's because he that interview it really was like so interesting. Yeah, it was real like, good. Really, like, You'll yeah. enjoy it. Trust us. For sure. Puxatani Phil saw his shadow. Six more weeks of winter. Fuck that groundhog. It's so funny because they're still teaching it in schools because I picked the five-year-old up today from kindergarten and he had this cute, like they made their own like gopher headbands. And I was like, oh my God, it's groundhog day. And he was like, Yeah. And I was like, Did he see your shadow? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what that means? He's like, I know, like six more weeks of winter. And I was like, that's so cute that they're still teaching that in schools. That's I incredible. love it. Yeah. I love that they're teaching it. I'm out on the hog. Figure it out, hog. Figure it out. We don't want six more weeks of winter. Give us an early spring, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Be likable. Give us some yeah. spring. Like, do exactly. something for us here. But Justin's then- just going down the line of things we need to talk about. Also, when I sit like this, right my, ahead. Voice, my voice sounds weird when I sit like, sit uh, like this. Dustin Pedroia retired. Oh, yeah. Red we Sox, great. What was he, number 15? That's number like in 15. my brain. Yeah. One of the greats. Always a great quote. Great uh, anecdote. Good story guy. If you have a we chance. We should have asked Zach about him. I know. We should have. Oh, well. We need to get him back on. I know. We definitely do. That was a dynamite interview. I hope I didn't um, scare him. <laughs> we both probably did. He probably had to go take a cigarette break after the yeah, interview. Dude, was like, oh, like, Jesus. Calling... Talking to those two loons. <laughs> he's like calling his wife. He's like, honey, you'll not believe what I just had to fucking sit through for two hours. Oh, my God. Thank um, God we're married because Maddie is not thriving. <laughs> and then the I think the only other thing that we really could touch on is the uh the cockroaches at the San oh. Antonio Zoo. We are absolutely doing this. Wait, Justin, tell the listeners what we're doing. Because so, this will come out right before Valentine's Day. The San episode, Antonio right? Zoo is doing a thing where you can pay five dollars to name a cockroach after an ex of yours, and they show him getting eaten by whatever, a bird or something. Who knows? I don't know what he's so savage. I love it. I think we're going to do this as a podcast and we might yeah. have to report on the results and share the videos. I well, mean, does this two sound- of my exes have the same first and last name. So does, do I have to buy two still or can the one just count? Excuse me? You, you dated knew this. two men. I, I knew they had the, fir- the same first name. I didn't know they had the same oh, first yeah. and last name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That so is, like, in the words of my esteemed co-host, fucking diabolical. <laughs> Listen, yeah, my fucking trauma runs deep. If any therapists are out there and you want a real case study on the yeah. human brain and relationships and traumas, hit me up. I'll fucking let you write your thesis about me. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I definitely think we would benefit from it. Would the show be as funny? Probably not. So, like, is it worth it? But yeah. I think feel like yeah therapy is good for everybody i was supposed to start going like a couple weeks ago and then i kind of just like forgot (laughs) my wife saw my aunt post a picture on facebook today and she goes oh my god your aunt just posted a picture of her your uncle and your dad i was like oh is it the one where he's like his missing front teeth i wasn't even looking at it and she was like yeah how did you know i was like seen that picture a lot and then i sat there very quietly for about two or three minutes she was like what are you thinking about i was like just where everything went wrong with my family i don't know wait like, your dad had no front teeth well he was like a little kid so it was like one of those it was oh, like oh oh yeah. i thought you meant as an adult no they were like kids so like my aunt was probably Uh-oh. like two or three my Aww. uncle was 
like six, like five or six. And my dad was, you know, seven or eight or whatever. And I was just like, where did everything go wrong? And I was like, I could probably tell you, it was probably my grandfather. He was a dick. Oh yeah. Loves porn. Yeah. Loves porn. Abusive, alcoholic, racist asshole. Hopefully he's rotting in the seventh circle of hell. Not doing well. We hope. Hope he's not doing well at all. <laughs> Which uh, we'll, we'll, I'll, Tell I'm some so more sorry, stories. I'm about laughing that about another. your. Trust me. Listen. Next episode, I'm gonna have to tell you the uh, mm-hmm. the story from my Grammy's funeral. All right. Remind me of that. Oh, I'll, I will. I'll tell that one. That was a peach. Let me tell you. I um, will. One hundred percent. Remind you. But speaking of therapy, and you know, we'll I'll touch on this real quick because I just read mm-hmm. this story today, and it was it was crazy. The story came out on ESPN. There was like an hour long E60 uh, show on it. Drew Robinson was silently dealing with severe mental health issues. And he tried to take his own life. He sat on his couch and shot himself. Oh my God. Yeah, through the right temple. Wait, blew out recently, his right like eye. today, or the story came out today? It came. The story came out today. This happened like last April. Oh God! So, oh my God! He he shot himself, destroyed his right eye, had the the bullet come out the other side, and lived. <gasps> oh fuck! For twenty hours, he lived just with like a hole in his head, bleeding. What? Before Wait, what? he called nine one one. What? What? Yeah. What? <sighs> yeah, he what? lived. He like went, he showered, he went to sleep and he was like bleeding profusely and like finally decided to call 911 like 20 hours later. And the cops were like, how the hell are you still alive? You know, why did you try to commit suicide? He was like, I, I, I hate myself. And er- everybody around him was like, <gasps> none of us oh. saw this coming. So this is oh, more God. of a PSA than anything. If you're suffering from some sort of mental health issue, having some sort of self-worth problems or whatever it is, talk to somebody, talk to us, send us DMs. Yeah. We'll talk to you. We're good talk listeners. To, yeah. Talk to your wife, talk to your girlfriend, talk to a cousin, sister, brother, parents, yes. talk to somebody. Don't just let it fester because nobody had any <sighs> idea what was wrong with Drew Robinson until he tried to commit suicide and he lived. And he said when he woke up and lived that he felt like he had a purpose. Don't let it get to that point where you have to attempt taking your own life. It's, it's hard for me to even say term. So horrible and scary and sad. And like, Oh, that makes my heart so sad because it is scary. And it's so real. And like, it's yeah. always like you never know like what your people are going through. So just check in on them and like make sure that they're doing OK and like be that person for them. And obviously, like if they have severe, severe, like mental health issues, you can't be the professional that they need, but you can be the help that they need. And like the resources yeah. like you can find be the person that finds the resources for them. And like, oh, my God, that makes me sad. Was he still playing baseball when this happened? Or- yeah, he was still oh, a professional God. player. Now he's now he's trying to ha- make a comeback and play. So he got a, an invitation to minor league camp with the Giants for I'm gonna look him 2021 up. season. So that should have gotten more recognition. Oh, yeah. yeah wow. Oh, oh yeah. my God, this is making me sick. This man, I'm so sad. 
Like this guy <sighs> seemingly has everything. He's got a girlfriend. They were engaged at one point. Then all this stuff happens, some self-worth stuff, whatever. I'm just summarizing yeah. the story. They're back together now. People oh, are dealing, you're always dealing with something. And right. if you feel bad about bothering a friend or you're a family member or somebody about it, then seek out a, a mental health professional. There are people that will talk to you. This is important. And it's probably one of the only few things few serious things I'll probably ever talk about on this podcast, but uh, you know, I've sort of dealt with a lot of self-worth stuff, some depression, some anxiety, pretty much Mm -hmm. my entire life. I've, I've always felt with, you know, I've been dealing with some shit here. So like, I've always been uncomfortable talking about it. It's only recently that I've opened up to my, my wife about it. So PSA public service announcement. If you're dealing with this type of stuff, talk to somebody because it's necessary. People want you around. If you're listening to this, just know that people want you around. I'm like borderline in in tears right now, Mads. I I know you're going to make me start crying, Justin. Like this is so moving because it's true. And you're so eloquent with the way you're saying it. Like it's so true. Oh my God, Justin, you're going to make me cry. It's it's okay. (laughs) It's okay to feel this way, but don't take any measures that you can't come back from. Find somebody, talk to them, express how you're feeling. It's necessary. It's only going to help you. Things will get better. All right. Things yeah. will get better. Just I want to hug you right out. now. Oh, I like want like this feeling in my body. I want to hug you. It's oh, sad. I'm um, happy and proud of you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Because and, it's you know, a maybe- lot. It's scary and it's hard, but it's like. It needs to be said, and I'm happy that you you just did that and like and it, opened it. It sucks to talk to about, but everybody's gone through some form of it. It yeah. doesn't matter how small or how big. If something's bothering you, talk about it. It's mm-hmm. better to voice it than it is to just bury it inside because mm-hmm. it's part of the reason I'm very unashamedly myself all the time Which is because the best. I just say whatever's on my mind. Once I figured that out you know, things started to get a little bit better. So once you feel that you can talk about these things, things will get better. You're getting it off your chest. You're not burying it anymore. So that's my soapbox there. But I hope you actually heed this advice if you're listening still. So yes. Oh, Justin, that was so moving and like important. And I'm so happy that you shared that with us. Thank you. Because we don't really get serious in this podcast, but mental health is serious. Yeah. And it's important. And I know I joke about going to a therapist and I'm like, but, but like genuinely like talk to people if you're having thoughts or issues or sad or whatever, especially now it's like such a weird time, like quarantine. It's just weird. It's hard. So like, don't be ashamed of who you are. Yeah. Everyone's here. I- Everyone wants you around. I love that you said that. Cause it's so fucking true. Doesn't doesn't it matter how true. old you are. I'm 31. I should probably go to a therapist now. I haven't been in a few years, but when I was 23, I went for a couple of years because yeah. I was I was fucked up from my dad passing and it threw a lot of wrenches into my life. So it's it's definitely worth it. You'll feel better after the first session. It'll oh, yeah. only get better from there the more you talk about it with them. And Justin. you know, it's private. It's somebody to talk to. It's what it is. And they're so. not gonna judge you. So like yeah that's also the best thing we're all going through shit we're all going through shit yeah oh justin i want to hug you uh well thank you (laughs) i do because i love you so much i'm so happy that we have you and like love you too that That was so great mental health is important so take care of yourselves i almost want to just end on that because that was so lovely yeah Yeah, let's let's end on that i don't think we actually have anything else to talk about but (laughs) 
Uh, no, we don't. So that's but... a that's a good ending. Yeah, oh. but listen, make sure you stay hanging on here. We're gonna have our uh, our interview with Zach Cox, uh, mm-hmm. Patriots beat writer for Nesson, college classmate, friend of Maddie and I's from uh, from UNH. It was great to talk to him. Gonna get a lot of good stuff out of the interview. Yeah, um, you're you're gonna be riveted. Trust us, it's dynamite. Can't really say anything more than that. I mean, it's it's fantastic. It was a good time. Really enjoyed it, Maddie. Any thoughts? That was, no, I think that that wrapped like summed it up perfectly. It was. I haven't felt that engaged talking to someone. I mean, obviously with you, I do, but like someone that I don't really know in so long. Like it was just such an amazing thing to listen to him because he has said such a long road and he has like a really amazing position at this like really amazing. Network and which are like one of the best franchises ever in the NFL history. So just listening to him talk about that and like even the other stories he has, like a, some other cool stories with like players that aren't really huge. And like, like whenever we, I feel like whenever we asked him his favorite things about stuff, it was always players that like, I, I mean, I didn't really know who they were. So mm-hmm. I don't think like you're run of the mill person unless you're like a big fan would really know. So that was kind of cool to have him talk about that. A lot of good stuff. We had him for a lot longer than we thought we were going to. So thank yeah. you, Zach, for, for joining us. That was awesome. You know, hopefully we'll have him back at some point hopefully we didn't scare him off i know um... (laughs) know. he was like i swear to god he was looking at me when i was talking one point he like sat back in his chair and i was like (laughs) buckle up buddy justin's just like rolling his eyes i'm like dude i am barely getting started i'm at like a four right now like justin's seen me at like an 11 yeah but no he was lovely so Anyways. We could have probably talked to him for like three or four more hours, oh, but totally. we we mercifully let him go. Mm-hmm. Hundred, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, Can, you need to leave, but and now here we are, Justin. It's twelve thirty your time, so oh shit, it Fucking is. A. Fucking a. Well, well, you know, th- you know what we thanks say. for joining like, subscribe. us. Subscribe, download, rate, review, share. All right, share. Help us. You share this. You leave us a review. You're joining us, throwing that coal in the locomotive, baby. All Hop right? on, baby. You got a fucking vip ticket let's on go this express pack, train pack your bags we're going on the hctb version of the polar express we're gonna be flying around the country on this magical locomotive yes. all right yeah so, our hot chocolate's but, always spiked and it's always delicious do so you want to be on this That's our hot chocolate's one. always spiked we have copious amounts of the thong song by cisco <laughs> playing over the speakers wilt, wilt chamberlain is just yeah, we have chilling. He's the conductor. Wilt Chamberlain. We have complimentary copies of Wilt Chamberlain's biography, and everybody on their exit off the train to their destination gets a free uh, sculpture of Wilt Chamberlain's penis. So in a three weeks candle. in a row, three weeks in yeah. a row, we've talked about the Mets and Wilt Chamberlain's <laughs> penis. We're becoming a Mets Wilt Chamberlain's penis podcast. Dude, I don't need it. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it at all. It's, it's oh, gonna man. Be great. It's going to be great. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HCTV pod. <laughs> Follow Maddie on Instagram at m.barasano. On Twitter, m underscore barasano. I need to I'm... just change my freaking thing. Should I just change it now? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Keep on keeping Stick on. Stick to all my right? guns. Stick to all your right, guns. Fair, I'm fair, at jlang20 on both. But yeah, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this episode. As always... Happy to be here in your earballs. Maddie, any last words? Um, No, like and rate and subscribe and do all download and just help us help us because we want to be rich <laughs> and we want yeah. to do this for a living because it's so fun. So it is. Help us. It, it's we, fun. We, we hope you guys it so enjoy much. it. Seriously. It's it's been a lot of fun, but yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next week.
We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we are joined this week. Uh, we have probably our most famous guest to this point, Maddie, wouldn't you say? Um, Ahondo P. Definitely yeah. most famous. Joined he is, by... He's the only person that has over like 300 followers on Twitter that we've had on. So yeah, yeah exactly. So we're, we're joined tonight by Pat's beat writer for Nesson, Zach Cox. How are you, buddy? It's good to see you. I'm good, man. It's it's an honor. I feel like I'm like back in Stoke or back in Park Court or back <laughs> in the old uh, UNH stomping grounds, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is, this is uh, exciting. Yeah, little wild kitty reunion, the three of us here. <laughs> oh my God, for I'm sure. here for it. I wish that I had a Keystone light to celebrate, but yeah. here we are. <laughs> Gonna have to I've settle for some boxed wine, Maddie, right? Dude, I need to chill with the drinking. <laughs> 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 I need to take a fucking breather here um, pull out the franzia and slap the bag i'm still can't drink ziffindals that i nanny now zach because i used to be bartending i don't know if you know that and the dad was mm-hmm. like what kind of wines do you drink and i was like literally anything but a rosé or like a ziffindel and he was like that's really weird why and i was like i don't want to talk about it i have ptsd but let's change the subject because i'm horrified thanks guy but yeah wait where did you okay so you guys were re- Cause Zach, you were in my major, weren't you? Uh, communication. Yeah. Cause I feel like you were in a lot of my classes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like we had, it was kind of the major that a lot of people took when they didn't really know exactly what they wanted to do. And now so, look at us. I'm a nanny and you work for fucking Nesson. <laughs> <laughs> so it really can go either way. But we're things have worked out. I guess I I guess so. Yeah. No, I I remember always kind of wanting to do what I'm doing now and like the field I'm doing now, but I didn't want to take journalism, which is a lot of what a lot of people that do my industry did. I don't know. I I felt like that would be sort of too narrow. And plus, like communication was fun. You get to like meet some good people and take some semi-interesting classes, and it's honestly pretty easy. So I I definitely didn't hate that either. But yeah. 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 It feels Good. like a million years ago, though. Honestly, I was telling yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day. Like it's om- it's been almost what has it been nine years, eight and a half oh, years yeah. since we've been yeah. out of school now. It's I like I have yes. trouble even remembering a lot of stuff from back then. Now it's it's crazy how long it's been. Same. The people I babysit call me and I quote the 100 year old woman. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, it's been so long. But I also feel like it's been so long, but it hasn't. It's weird. Like, it's like a weird thing because me and Justin will talk about stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, I like remember that night like it was yesterday. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm 30. And that was when I was 19 years old, like sleeping in a twin size bed. So but yeah, you guys were close in college or did you both live in the same? Okay, we we met at uh, orientation, right? Freshman camp at UNH. Oh my god! Yeah, freshman camp. That's what it was. Yeah. Yep. Wait, yeah. what's freshman, freshman camp? camp? Was was a hell of a time. Yeah. They what they is that? did away with it after that year. It was just like you could sign up for it. It was a bunch of freshmen. They had counselors. It was basically like adult summer camp for like a week, and you just kind of like was it on like Winni- was it Winnipesaukee or what? One of those yeah. Lakes? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was, it was pretty cool. Dope. Yeah. What the? My parents definitely just didn't let me go to that because they were like, "We don't trust you to go to that. You'll get kicked out before you even fucking start school." <laughs> Because I have, I've never heard of that. That sounds unbelievable. Yeah. So you guys met there, and then did you live in the same dorms? You were in Williamson no, or I, Christensen freshman year, Zach. I I was Williamson. You were Stoke, right? Yeah. But like That's the so cool crazy. part about freshman camp was like it was like 250 kids or something like that, or 275 kids. So you yeah. just sort of met everybody instantly. So I would I like knew a bunch of people in Stoke. I knew a bunch of people in like Christensen and like all of the campus. So it was uh yeah, it was a good way to just sort of 
throw yourself into into everything. And then, yeah, I feel like I hung out with the Stoke guys a good amount. We had a, a flag football team back in the day. Yeah. It was that freshman year? Yeah. What? And then, yeah, you're you're just, was you're I just not digging in into this. Yeah. I have I no idea. I mean, I lived in Williamson and then Christensen because the, my roommate joined a sorority and then my best friend's roommate joined a sorority. So we just like moved in together. So I genuinely don't know which one I lived in first, but I don't even, I didn't ever go to like Stoke or like do any fun shit like that. I think I was yeah. like a frat star and was just being a hoe. I don't know. Jersey chasing. I mean, that's the name. Yes, Justin. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Welcome to the show. That's the name of the yeah. game here. But yeah, I don't know. That's so fun. So who are your roommates freshman year? Do I know that? My roommate was, uh, you know, Dan GJ. Yeah. Tall guy, six, yeah. six, five, six, six. Yeah. Yes, I, I lived wait, I loved year. him. Yeah, he's the man. Uh, yeah. Lived with him freshman year, lived with like Dustin Feldman, Zach Crowley. He just Dan. DM'd us, um, Justin Feldman. Really? Did. Do you want to know what he said? He, sa- he said, yeah. hold on, let me find it. Cause it actually made me LOL. Cause he's your biggest Same. He said, He said, how does that man get so good looking? <laughs> Which about I you? about you no 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 secrets no but no it's it's good man it's i I still hang out with like it's basically like 10 of us from school that still are like super close and keep in touch and like dustin's gonna be in my wedding this year Uh, tyler dow's in my wedding this year like we've all gone to each other's weddings and everything over these last couple years so it's been pretty sweet it's cool to like but it's cool to see people like honestly like you guys who i saw and hung out with a lot in college but like yeah you just you can't keep in contact yeah. with everybody as the years go on and you get responsibilities and all that stuff, but it, yeah. it's cool. Like I've, I wish we had more of like a homecoming reunion type deal just so we could sort of reconnect with, with a lot of people. Cause I feel like we had a fun class, at least the oh yeah the people that I knew from it. It was yeah. so fun. Cause, Cause you live, Justin lived in, didn't you live in park court? Zach and I lived across the hall from yeah. each other in park court junior okay. year. Yep. Yeah, and that place was so fucking lit. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was me. It was me, Ryan Stackpole, and Paul Capstick in one apartment. It was. What in? It names? was Zach. Uh, was it Dow and Eddie that you lived no, with? No, oh me, Dust- me, Dustin. Yeah, me, Dustin, and Eddie Young were in. That's uh, it, yeah. Were in one of those. And then oh upstairs God. was Max Morelli and Mitch Stagnant and Graham Lockard. So we were like, like the three of us in yeah. this L. We used to just rage, kind of. Who lives? <laughs> Because the people that we always went to their parties were like on the ground floor and it was like that backyard. Oh, that was that? the other yeah. side of the parking lot. Oh, oh yeah. That's okay. True. Yeah, we so were, that's where I would go. That, yeah, we were in the different building. We were in like that, had like that courtyard out to the, uh, oh, the parking yeah, yeah, lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, tea it was, tea. that place was absolutely disgusting. Like it was, <laughs> I remember when we moved out, we, we looked at, like we moved all our couches and our tables out and everything. And there were just like lines of black dirt on the floor, like on the carpets oh, yeah. where the couches used to be. And it was, there was highlighter all over the ceiling, all over the walls. Like it was, oh, it was a I war zone. My dad, yeah. My dad came in there once and he's like, I'm never coming back here again. This place is <laughs> like, eh, I'm surprised he even came through the door. Did Varsity Place own it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, dude, they yep. were the worst because they owned our building on Main Street. And my dad was like, so this place has black mold and like what's happening and i was like it's fine you just deal with it and he was like okay <laughs> like what are you okay that but was yeah. that was back when unh was like you know had some some shitty undertones to like the outside it was like oh yeah we're gonna live in these terrible apartments but it's gonna be yeah. fun as hell now everything's like nice and like spruced up it's like bring back shitty unh you know bring back the greens 
We want the greens yeah. back. I want the greens more than anything I've ever wanted it's, in my life. If I could so... teleport back to the greens Halloween, I would do anything to transfer back to the greens Halloween. It's so like bougified now, it, it seems. I feel like it was like a couple years yeah. after we graduated, I came back and it was like all Main Street, basically from like Scorps up till, what was that? Red Towers or whatever. It was like all brand yeah. new. They wiped mm -hmm. up the greens. They put in yeah, those giants. Yeah, my giant... apartment's gone. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. My senior year apartment's gone. It's just like, it looks nice but it looks weird to, I don't know. It's not the, not the Durham that I remember. No, yeah. for sure. Where did you live senior year? What apartment? Senior year I lived, I think it was like 35 main street. It was the one right next to the white oh. building right next to uh Scorps. I was in like the basement okay. there. Oh, we were legit neighbors. Cause I was 29 main. Huh. No way. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. That's probably yeah, why we saw of, each other so much. Probably. Yeah. Most, most of my friends I remember were Got a place on uh, Mill Road. Oh, yeah. And I was supposed to stay there, but it was it was technically like in a residential neighborhood and Durham had all those weird zoning regulations. Yes, and, they were and like, all oh, the you can't athletes have... lived on Mill, I remember. Yeah, right? they're like, you can't have more than three people in this house or it's considered a party house or whatever. So I ended yeah. up being the uh, the odd man out, but <laughs> ended up working out. Had a pretty sweet place right downtown. So I took yeah. it. Yeah, right next um, to the one of the three bars in the town. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, roll out of bed, I, you're I, in Scorp's basement. Seriously. I, I vividly Ooh. remember though, it was it was bad. I, I turned, because I'm super young for our grade like I didn't turn 21 till November of senior year oh and, wow you are very yeah. young because I'm yeah. July very, very and I young. thought I was young wow yeah I it was yeah it was rough so I lived right next to Scorps which was great once I turned 21 but yeah until I turned 21 I would have to walk back home to my apartment past all those like uh, yeah, like huge windows of everybody sitting in there they're like oh come on in i was like give me like three months i'll be there yeah because they were good at uh, detecting fakes i remember they'd just be like fucking tossing people out on their asses i never used a fake at unh i was like this isn't yeah, worth it you I, guys are scary i i heard i heard uh i definitely heard stories of uh they said it was Scorps and Libby's. They're like, don't even try. So, Dude, yeah. the bouncers, yeah. they were scary people. They've <laughs> murdered someone. Even accidentally, they've murdered before. They were horrified. There were some intimidating dudes for sure. Did you work in sports in college? Yeah, I I worked for TNH for the, the newspaper at uh, UNH, which is kind of where I sort of started. I did some of it in high school yeah. back home. But yeah, worked worked at TNH for three and a half years or so did some stuff with scan tv too but they were kind of a i don't know sort of rinky dink operation at the time that that mm. i was there we did a we had a sports show me and my buddy brandon lawrence who worked at tnh yeah. with me and it was literally you remember between two ferns with zach galifianakis yeah. that old uh, it looked yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. like that it was like it was a black <laughs> background in the scan tv studio with one plant here and one plant here and then just like the two of us talking about sports for half an hour but that's it was great. fun yeah that's kind of where i i sort of got my start in all this and then went to nesson afterwards and worked yeah. my way up there let's let's so talk a little more about that i interned at nesson the summer before senior year and then i tried to get a job there right out of school and didn't get it so i was sort of scrambling just applied to a million different places that spring and that summer I eventually got a job uh, working for Major League Baseball in New York City, like super, super. I mean, it's it sounds cool, but it was like the absolute bottom of the totem pole type job. I was covering minor league baseball from their office in in New York City. I'd be, I would work from like 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. covering like West Coast games off MLB oh, Gamecast. Yeah. And Dude. it was yeah, it, it was an interesting experience. I, Where did you live so, in New York? Did you live by yourself? This is the trenches. 
This is what we call yeah, the I mean, trenches. Yeah. Yeah. I lived with my cousin. I, I was fortunate that my cousin had lived there for a couple of years already. And she had a room opening up in her apartment. So she's like, yeah, like, come on down, oh, like perfect. live with me. I was like, oh, awesome. But I essentially got the job and needed to start the job like a week later. So I, I just like, I moved down with a duffel bag and like one like dress shirt on a hanger. And I was just like, all right, let's, let's figure this out. <laughs> I slept on an air mattress for six months. It was, I didn't have any furniture. It honestly looked like a prison cell. It was like, it was just like white walls. I had bars on my windows because it went out to the fire escape. It it was an interesting experience. And and I kind of hit the point. Uh, I was in the Upper East Side. So it was like a, it was a good neighborhood. It was a great, it was honestly like an awesome deal. And I was extremely fortunate that I was able to uh, sort of stumble into it. And and then I lucked out again because I sort of hit the point after five or six months, like once the student loans kick in, and I'm like, oh, all right, I, I'm going to need like something else pretty soon, or I'm going to just have to go back home. And then right around then, Nesson called me back and offered me the job that I had initially applied for before, which was great. I mean, oh when I, God. when I didn't, when I first didn't get it, they, they gave the whole like, yeah, like we'll keep your resume on file, all that. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah. I'm probably yeah. not hearing from them again. And then, yeah, <laughs> fortunately they called me back um, and I got that job, which was basically like the lowest level in our digital department. And then just sort of climbed the ladder from there. And that was in January, 2013. So I've been there for eight, wow. eight years and a couple months, er, eight years eight? and a month. Yeah. Which is happy anniversary. Wild. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah. It's been a, uh, it's been a long time. It's kind of weird when I think back on, I've, I've been at Nesson for twice as long as I was at UNH, which is a little mind blowing. That's weird to think about it like that. <laughs> what was your first job <laughs> yeah, at Nesson? Really what was it called? Like, what was the title? What was it called? What uh, it, it was called assistant <laughs> editor. Basically my job was to, I would go into the office for eight hours, like an eight hour shift and just kind of cruise around the internet and find whatever trending stories that were happening or people were talking about or any breaking news or anything like that. And then I would just find that news, write a story about it, put it up on the website, do it again, oh, wow. do it that for eight hours. I, That's I would awesome. be writing like, it, it was cool. I mean, it was a really good introduction to having to just pump out a ton of content yeah. very quickly because I would be writing, there would be shifts where I would write 12, 13, 14 stories in, in eight hours, which wow. I honestly probably couldn't even do right now. It's like, you just calibrate your brain to just work in that, in that mold. And so I, I did that for two years, I think a year and a half. Then I was offered the Celtics beat writer position at Nesson. So I would sort of shift all my focus or almost all my focus to Celtics and cover them exclusively. That was I think Brad Stevens' second season. It was the year they got Isaiah Thomas. So that was a fun time. They had Evan Turner at the time, who was a really interesting dude. Was Emily Austin uh, still working there? I'm friends with her. She was, yeah. Yeah, yeah she was she's the, funny um, as fuck. Yeah, she was the Celtics.com reporter, I believe, or, or whatever her role was there. Yeah, yeah. she was hilarious. She's um, out of her mind. I love her. Now she's at Liberty. <laughs> she's at Liberty yeah, now. I still, I still follow her on Twitter. And, she and sent me a so Christmas like card, actually. Well. I, I have it somewhere. Yeah, she sent me a Christmas card this year. She's a sweetheart. But yeah, she's yeah, at Liberty. Awesome. Yeah. But oh, ha- did you ever consider applying to Barstool? No, I, I'm not yeah, really. You were like, it's it's something I would have listened to and been open to if like a opportunity had come up. It I, I never sort of actively sought it out. And I don't know, my... I guess my like writing style is probably a little bit different than what they have there. Uh, yeah. I-, I think Justin would be more built toward the barstool style, which like I-, I wish I had honestly. Like mine, I, I think my writing is uh, a little too boring in that regard. But yeah, it's it's pretty crazy how how much that has grown. Like even since we were 
Like I remember following them starting in like sophomore year, yeah. I think in college when they were just oh, yeah. straight blog, nothing else. And now they're just gigantic media empire. Yeah. Among us. I, um, I remember I got introduced to it by, by Corey Woodward. You remember Corey Woodward? Yep. That yeah. Like, I remember Corey. Like the second day of freshman year. And I had never heard of it before. And it, I think it was like just Portnoy. And I think Jerry Thornton at the time. Pretty much. Oh, wow. like, and yeah. I think they had like Manzo, the guy that Portnoy fired, and Uncle Buck, the guy that did the guess that asses and yes. up with whoever. <laughs> but yeah, man, that that's sick. So you went Celtics beat writer for how long? Uh, I was Celtics for a season. Uh, then I was Bruins for the next season. And in between those and during those, I would do a bunch of Red Sox too. Because the Red Sox, you can't have one person do 162 games so we split that up a little bit and i would do i don't know 20 or 30 red sox games per season over those couple of years and then before the 2016 nfl season we decided we were going to sort of rearrange things a little bit and have two patriots beat writers uh so they shifted me over to the patriots from the bruins I, i still very rarely will do stuff with with some other sports if if we need help in other areas but Basically, since then, I've been almost exclusively Patriots since since the start of, of 2016. And it, it was a good time to start on on there, yeah. I guess. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl. My first three, yeah, my first three seasons, they were in the Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> which was was definitely a lot of fun to uh, to be a part of and get to, like, go to those games and sort of experience all of the, the Super Bowl week hoopla. I mean, like, Super Bowl week is yeah. crazy. Like, I... It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. I've been fortunate enough to do it four times now because I was able to go to wow. Miami last year too. But yeah, it's it's ridiculous just how I went. Were it's you in really Minnesota? The center then? of the universe. I was in Minnesota. Okay, yeah, so I was... went there and it was insane because it was so cold. Remember how cold it was? It was like yeah, it was like negative fifty degrees. in that entire week. Bro, I was like. Uh, how do people live here? And then yeah. I was like, at that's where I met Scott Van Pelt at some party. And I was like, this is that. It is so crazy. It's like every important person and not important person, but like so many crazy celebrities are there. And you're just like, this is a melting yeah. pot of just sh- crazy shit. But I didn't actually get to go to the game. I literally just went to like party. But what's like that life being at the game? Are you, you're on the yeah. field, right? Because I feel like I've seen pictures of you interviewing like up right there. Uh, I'm on the field. Before the game, we'll shoot a um, a pregame show before the game on the field. Only for not for the Super Bowl. For Super Bowl, it's like very strict with who can be on the field and and whatnot. So right. I'm strictly kind of press boxing in the stadium for the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, normal game. I'm on the field, do a pregame, film our pregame show. Then I'll go up and watch the game from the press box, which and at, at Gillette is the opposite side of the lighthouse end, kind of overlooking yep. the end zone. And then once the game is over. In a typical year, we would go down into the locker room, talk to whatever whatever players or whatever coaches that we need to talk to. They'll usually pull out a few of them and bring them into the interview room for oh, so sort of more formal press room. conferences. We we are in the locker room. Yeah, they Are like, they just naked? Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it is it's it's an Are interesting they? experience at first just sort of be because especially with players who've been who've played professional sports for a long time that's it's just sort of part of the deal for them yeah so totally they're just going about their business and I, I remember yeah when i when i first sort of experienced that at first i was like this is kind of crazy like i feel like i shouldn't be in here but right then you just kind of it's like they're doing their jobs we're doing our jobs and you just yeah Everybody just yeah. kind of goes past each other or whatever. But are the women yeah, in mean, there when the there's big... naked boys? Yeah, it's it's everybody. It's all the reporters. Wow. It's 
it's kind of a I understand how it would seem like weird from a, an outsider perspective but yeah. I think everybody there is just like this is what we do for our Part job of it. it's kind of I mean uh, I would be yeah. fine with it but I just I didn't know <laughs> I had no idea that's so cool so then so do you do interviews in the locker room and then you bring them to the press room or whatever or is it like kind of how's that work it, it's a little bit of both like after a typical game it'll be Belichick will talk in the press conference room usually the quarterback. So that was Brady for a while. It would have been Cam Newton this year if we had all the in-person stuff. Um, and then like a couple stars of the game, we'll talk at the podium to sort of get them out there for the cameras and everything. And then you talk to everybody else in the locker room. And then, yeah, after that, bring go back up to the press box, transcribe what I need to transcribe, map out what stories I, I'm going to write that night, what stories oh I'm God. going to write the next day, and then sort of formulate a plan from that. It's, it's kind of a lot to juggle, but I guess I've been doing it for, this is my fifth year now. And me and Doug Kide, our other Patriots beat writer, we've, he's actually been doing it for a couple of years longer than me, but we've both been there for the whole five years working together. So at this point, we just sort of almost have like a second sense. We're just like, oh yeah, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And we kind of cut out a lot of the sort of planning stuff that we needed to do early on. That's, That's awesome. Great. So it's fun. It's hectic as hell, but it's a lot of fun. I, I have a question. I, yeah, I haven't stopped talking. So my question is, it's it's about Cam Newton. And it's not anything like strange or any anything weird or anything like that. You know, I, obviously he had, he had a tough year this year. Yep. We all watch the games. You professionally, me on my couch with a with a white claw. What we were all conditioned to believe by a lot of the sports media for a majority of Cam Newton's career is that he's a bad seed, bad teammate, yada yada yada. And I never bought into that. And I think this year more than anything else kind of really hammered that home for me how is cam how is he around just listening to him talk about his teammates he's got nicknames for everybody he's like he knows what's going on he says and does all the right things so like i don't understand where this comes from at all and like he seems like a good dude so i mean like how how was he to to deal with in a in a for lack of a better term reporter player type relationship yeah honestly like that narrative couldn't be anything further from the truth cam was extremely well respected uh within the patriots locker room seems like every player we talked to would would rave about cam every coach we talked to would rave about him bill belichick and, and josh mcdaniels were both really complimentary of him and in his dealings with us he was he was extremely accountable he was a great person to talk to he was a great quote for us reporters which is always good and he just he seemed like a, a guy that just really put sort of everything he had into this Patriots season, which I think is sort of led to some of the frustration that he had late in the year when he was just like, this is just not working between him getting into the team late in the offseason, dealing with the COVID positive test and, and the sort of recovery timetable that came after that and playing in an offense that didn't have the type of talent that I think a lot of fans would have liked. Mm. There were a lot of sort of circumstances that played into it and cam also just didn't play particularly well himself for long stretches of the year i i don't think he's blameless in all this but it was sort of just a combination of a lot of different factors where no matter how much effort he was putting in and he was saying that he would basically sleep like four hours a night and get to the facility yeah. at, at 5 a.m and leave at 11 p.m and just sort of dedicate all of his time wasn't able to see his kids for for long stretches because of the covid protocols and everything yeah. and the fact that all of that work went in and then the patriots went seven and nine and had one of the worst passing offenses in the nfl i, right. I think that sort of wore on him at the end but overall i mean from a reporter to player perspective i can't say any bad words about cam newton and it seems like from 
at least everything we've heard from the players and coaches, he had the same kind of relationship with everybody in that locker room. So we'll see if he comes back. I mean, I honestly don't think he will. If I had to Mm -hmm. guess right now, I would say that the Patriots are going to go in a different direction this Mm -hmm. offseason. But I do think it, it still is a possibility that he is back for another year with the Patriots hoping that full offseason in in the Mm. system in the offense they add a couple wide receivers maybe add a tight end sort of bolster things up a little bit maybe they can have a little bit more success next year I'm a little skeptical about that but yeah it's it's going to be pretty fascinating to see how that whole thing shakes out this offseason yeah because usually when you root for a team and there's you know one of your leaders supposed like best players or whatever like isn't performing as a fan you just sit there like this guy stinks I can't stand this yada 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 we got to get his ass out of here like I never felt that way with Cam just because he was like such a professional dude and you could tell he was really trying. And like you said, sometimes it just doesn't matter. Like you can try and try and try to make it work all day. And sometimes it just like, it just won't, whether that's like his body failing him. I mean, he played what three games the year before with the Panthers and like missed a half a season before that or something. So like, you know, he's coming off an 18 month, basically layoff from injuries. And it's just like one of those things where like, I don't hate this guy. Like I wouldn't be mad if he came back. It's not one of those things where I'm like, Oh my God, I got to watch Cam Newton again. Jesus, you know, it's just like, it's tough. I feel bad for the guy because he really did try to make it work and really like played his balls off and it just, it just didn't work out. Like they just didn't have a good year. Was that all his fault? No. I mean, like you said, signed late in the season, uh, a bridged preseason, no OTAs, limited contact with quarterbacks, coach, offensive coordinator to really like watch film in the same room. It's just, it's tough. And I feel for the guy, you know, because he did, like you said, try to make it work yeah it's it it was really I think a tougher season on a lot of these guys that then a lot of us outside of the building realized just with all the protocols that they had to go through Mm -hmm. and just how different a lot of these meeting and practice setups were with with everything that you had to do to prevent prevent an outbreak and especially since the Patriots were one of the teams that did have an outbreak in the middle of the season and and looking back on it they're lucky that it wasn't worse I mean they're lucky that they didn't end up like the Ravens who had to play without like 15 of their players or the Broncos who had to have a practice squad wide receiver starting a quarterback or was it the Browns didn't have a a head coach in the playoffs like (laughs) it honestly could have been worse for the Patriots even with how bad it was during those couple of weeks but yeah it's impossible to really pin blame on, on this season or this offense, I think, I think there's just so many contributing factors that all sort of were detrimental to each other, which obviously typically isn't the case with this team, but yeah, it just, it just didn't work out. And I'm very interested to see what steps they take to, to sort of remedy it this off season. Yeah. And then just law of averages. We as Patriots fans, we're probably due for one of these. We're just kind of due for a clunker <laughs> after, you know, going to nine Super Bowls in the last Seriously. 19 years, 20 years, whatever yeah, you, it was. You, you need a reset year every once in a while like if you, you can't continue year. you can't win 12 games and be in the AFC championship game every single year and that's basically right. what the Patriots did for the last decade plus and this was inevitable especially when you lose somebody like Tom Brady so yeah. I think the Patriots are hoping that it'll be sort of a one-year dip and then back up to competitiveness uh, which I think they can do they have a ton of cap space this offseason uh, they have yeah. a pretty high draft pick higher than they've had in a long time they do have some pieces uh, on the roster right now that will be valuable for them moving forward. So I'm reasonably confident that they can at least be a playoff contender again next year. I I certainly wouldn't project them to be back in the Super Bowl or anything right now until we see what they do this offseason. But yeah, I think they're hoping it's a one-year dip rather than one of those kind of prolonged sort of rebuild mediocrity 
cycle kind of things. Yeah. How much no, do you love Bill Belichick? I need to know. Isn't he just amazing? Is he easy to interview? Or is because like, okay, this is why I ask because you see all those things on like Sports Center will do like Bill Belichick clips and they'll be asking a question. He just answers one word answers. Is he always like that? Or does is he like pretty open to questioning? Or is it just like, what is it like? The interesting thing with Bill Belichick is he can be like that for sure. He I've seen many times where he gives one word answers or sometimes just like straight up refuses to answer the question if he <laughs> doesn't appreciate the question that's being asked. Fair. But I've also seen him probably more often go on these long, long responses about the use of the fullback in the 1980s or like the way that Lawrence Taylor's pass rush moves were, were used. Like basically if, if you ask him sort of like a nitty gritty football X's and O's or, or football history question, yeah, he'll get fired up and, and he'll talk about it. So he'll, he'll basically talk your ear off about it. Mm-hmm. If you, if you ask him about an injury, if you ask him about any sort of like trending story or like sports radio type question, he, he's got no time for that. He'll shut you right down. I think most reporters uh, would agree that we wish he was a little more forthcoming with a lot of the stuff. Um, But, but the, but the narrative that he only answers in one word answers and grunts and, and stuff like that. And and onto Cincinnati and, and those kind of answers, they're definitely there, but it's definitely not all Bill Belichick does. And and I would say it's probably actually in the minority. Hmm. Okay. I like that I'm, answer a lot. I'm picturing you asking him about like a block James Devlin had in like 2017, like week six, third quarter. And he'll tell you, yeah, you know, James's footwork, if he had gone this way or this way, we could have got five more yards out of it here or yada, yada, yada. Is that, is that kind of what it's like to ask him about football related stuff? Oh yeah. He, he loves James Devlin too. He was a very big James Devlin fan, very big Brandon Bolden fan, very big, Obviously, he loves Matthew Slater. Everybody loves Matthew Slater. Who else did he have? Stephen Neal, who used to play guard back in like the early 2000s. Big Stephen yep. Neal fan. Uh, he liked Volmer a lot. There, there are some players, some of them who are stars and some who are just kind of Belichick favorites. Like, I don't know why Bill Belichick loves Brandon Bolden, but he is like a gigantic Brandon Bolden fan. <laughs> um, he just has these these guys that sort of, I don't know, pique his interest for whatever reason. And then he'll he'll go on and on about them and sort of bring them up in questions that aren't even even about them. Like, I, I think probably three or four times this year, he inserted Stephen Neal's name into a response about something that had nothing to do with Stephen Neal or anything related to Stephen Neal. But it's just, it's interesting being in there every day for five years now. And obviously a lot of the reporters who are on this beat have been doing it for a lot longer than I have just sort of seeing the trends that, that develop in, in the ways that uh, sometimes you can, you can hear a question and be like, all right, Bill's going to answer it exactly this way. And a lot of times you'll be correct. Yeah. It's interesting. Oh my God. I could talk to you for hours. I feel I really could. This is so interesting to me. I just can't my so my friend, she goes, she I was asking that you she literally said, how much does working and like living in the sports world and like working in a sports world suck the soul out of your body? Like, do you have work life balance? Like, I feel like you do. Like, are you married? And like, you seem very happy and like you seem really passionate about what you do. But like, it's a lot. I feel like it's definitely a lot. And it's definitely the work life balance can be tough, especially if you don't sort of make an effort in that area. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate my, my wife has worked in sports in the past too. Uh, so she, she sort of gets it to an extent, but it's, it can definitely be, it, it's, it's sort of a 24 seven job to an extent. Like if something happened, if the Patriots traded somebody at 1130 tonight, I'd be writing about the trade at 1130 tonight. So it's kind mm-hmm. of something where you have to yeah. kind of always be aware and always be sort of on your guard. 
to an extent, which is why I tell people it's really a job you can't do unless you actively like doing it and actively want to do it. It's a fun job. It's a cool job. It's cool to be around sports all the time. But if you don't kind of have that active passion for it, it's just going to wear you out. I've seen people who have come into the industry being very excited about it and then just be like, I just can't handle the, the schedule, can't handle the sort of stresses and the workload and all that stuff. Like, And I might be being dramatic. It's not a difficult job compared to a lot of actual sort of life-saving jobs and whatnot. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot. Totally. I also don't think you're being dramatic. I'm the most dramatic person <laughs> on the planet. And you are like very calm, cool, collected about this. And I would agree. That So do you just have like Twitter notifications on? Like what if something happens in the middle of the night? Like how do you know? Yeah, you, you've got to have the Twitter notifications. I've got the tweet deck up basically nonstop. My wife is not the biggest fan of, of tweet deck especially since oh, i just kind of man. have it on what is tweet deck in the corner it's basically super twitter it's it's like the twitter home page but you can make your own like you like you know twitter lists so you can have like a, a yeah. column so i have like a patriots list and you can have a red Sox list or a celtics list and it updates automatically too so you don't have to click like load these stories which is great for my job and great for gathering information and stuff like that but it can also just suck up all of your time and just sort of consume your brain so yeah I, I try to stay off of it in the off season when I can but with my job I can't really unplug too much when there's a chance that something could happen I can't just be like eh, I'm not gonna look at my computer for three hours and then I yeah. go on and they're like oh well they traded Stefan Gilmore two and a half hours ago and I just didn't see it so yeah yeah that's that's kind of <laughs> that's that goes crazy. to the point where yeah you, you got to be somewhat plugged in <laughs> at almost all times which is is definitely a lot yeah wow. you're, you're using Twitter on a much higher level than I think Maddie and I are. I mean, that's like, oh, yeah, we're just Oof. like your life, your livelihood depends on it where mine much so does not. I mean, I'm yeah. probably on Twitter the same amount as you, but I'm not, not like, <laughs> not like yeah. I need to like write about every tweet or whatever. As, I, as a recreational user of Twitter, I can, <laughs> I can confirm what Zach is saying. My wife does hate how much I'm on Twitter. She tells me every day, several times. <laughs> so uh, I, I can definitely see how that would be a, uh, that would be an issue from time to time, Zach. <laughs> Care is so funny. Yeah. I mean, if, if I didn't need to do it for my job, I I certainly would not, but now I, I am basically addicted to it by necessity. Um, yeah. Which is not the greatest thing, but I do what you gotta do. Yeah. What's like your favorite also, Justin, please just talk over me if you have questions because I oh, will no. legitimately keep asking. What's like one of your favorite stories or like one of your favorite situations that have happened or like one of your favorite interviews or like does anything come to mind? Yeah, give us some favorites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's been there's been a good amount. I mean, it's honestly just covering Super Bowls is an experience that I never thought that I would have in so my cool. lifetime, even just being at a Super Bowl. But yeah. like going into those, those Super Bowls during Super Bowl week, it's basically in a typical year, in a non-COVID year, the team's playing in the Super Bowl would just bring out all of their players into a, a hotel ballroom for 45 minutes and you can just go around and talk to whoever you want Whoa. and they do that pretty much That's every sick. day throughout the week and yeah there's a lot more opportunities to talk to people there's a lot more opportunities to sort of get story angles you wouldn't normally be able to get during during a typical week because in a typical Patriots week a player will talk once a week usually so a guy will do what they call it a media scrum like in front of his locker with the reporters there they ask him the questions and then usually that he, he's good for the week that's his mm -hmm. sort of obligation but during Super Bowl week they don't really have that excuse they're basically players are forced to talk every single day, uh, which has to suck for them, but is great for us. We get to sort of just pepper all these guys with questions for four straight days. So I've definitely been able to, to get some good stories out of the whole week and some just the one that stands out 
I guess to me is one I wrote last season. Uh, it's about this guy, cornerback uh, named Joan Williams for the Patriots. He was a rookie at the time and he was living in Foxborough, living by himself. He's like a 21 year old dude, similar to, to what a lot of players do when they're that age. They just got a condo close to the stadium because they're going to be there a lot. Uh, and I saw on Twitter, he was asking each week what high school game he should go to. And, and he ended up going to a game at my high school on one of the nights. Uh, I wasn't there, but I saw it on Twitter. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I went up to him in the that's locker awesome. room and I said, Joan, like, what's, what's the deal with this? Like, what's your, he's like, dude, honestly, man, I just love football. Like, I love football. I want to be around football as much as possible. Like, I go to a high school game every Friday night, and during the week after practice, if I don't have anything, I just go to the Foxborough rec field and watch, like, Pop Warner football practice. I was like, are you serious? That's awesome. He's like, yeah, man. Honestly, like, I that's what him. I like to do. Wait, what's it, his name? Like, I'm going to Google him. His name's Joan Williams. J-O-E-J-U-A-N Williams. And oh I, my so God, I called he just up the seems coach. like such a sweetie. Oh, look at his little cutie face. <laughs> is was, cb cornerback corner cornerback yeah yeah he's he was in his second season now uh he was a rookie at oh, the time young. Uh, so I, I called up the coach of the foxborough youth football i was like hey is joan williams like come by and watch your guys practices he's like yeah man like came by one day he's like i don't really want to be in the mix too much but would you mind if i just sort of hang out and watch he's like yeah cool man go for it so those kind of stories are ones that you can't really get this year which kind of sucks all of our media availability is virtual this year we can't be in the locker room we can't just have like random conversations with guys but that was a cool one that came up out of just going up to a guy in the locker room and being like hey man what's this all about so i was i was pretty happy with that one That's i awesome. love that that is so cool he also makes 6.6 million dollars and he's born in 1997 yeah <laughs> See, seeing the birthdays of draft picks each year just makes me feel older and older. it's crazy he's younger than i, I, like, I think there's gonna be guys born in 2000 drafted this year like it's oh that's nuts. oh my god did you go abroad no i didn't i i wanted to but didn't try hard enough and yeah. then i remember waking up because it was it like second semester junior year when most people went abroad yes, or first yep, semester exactly. junior year. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I was like, yeah, that'll be, could be fun. But like, I'm having fun at school. Like, I don't want to like take a break from rugby. I don't want to take a break from work. I'll just, I'll just stay. And I remember waking up literally like the day everybody arrived and wherever they were and looking on Facebook. And I was like, I made a terrible mistake. I was like, I missed <laughs> it. And Facebook it was, It's like the Arrested Development GIF. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, Facebook. Back, you would see people upload like 250 photos in a photo album. Yeah. I have to go to my memory solely to just delete shit off my Facebook. I'm like, (laughs) I can't have this living here. Like, oh my God. I do that too, Mad. Shit, we used to do. Do you have any, like, I'm just switching so many gears and I'm so sorry. I'm just so excited to talk to you because you have such a cool job. And also, we went to the same school. But do you have any really fun memories from UNH or like every weekend? Because we went to such a fun school. And like, I know that feeling. Like, I was kind of, because I did go abroad and I was like, oh my God, like, I'm having so much fun junior year like I'm the first time I'm living in an apartment like I don't really want to go and then I'm happy I went but like I totally get it our school was fucking awesome yeah yeah wait I I mean I we're biased obviously but I feel like I would put our well our college experience up against anyone at least in New England I mean I'm sure those like big southern SEC schools probably had more fun than us but like I don't know I I loved I loved being at UNH Uh, we had like I said earlier I feel like we just had a great group of people that were sort of in the mix both like your direct friends and just kind of the people that you would see at Scorps or at the Knot or at Libby's or wherever I don't know I feel like Howard coming stands out to me you remember that oh my god wait at Gillette was that Gillette was that Gillette when no you went homecoming game no it was uh it was at unh it was i forget who they played though but i know what you're talking about zach yeah when they when they moved halloween and homecoming to the same weekend in an effort oh, to like I... curb down the partying but yeah yeah great decision did not have that effect. <laughs> yeah. 
everybody I died. Think that was the year that was the year we got the blizzard on on Halloween too. I might be mixing oh two, two of them together, but yes. Oh. And Max Stewart was skiing down Main Street, and I was like, yeah. "What is happening?" Ar- oh, yeah, I remember the, that. the Durham Five Hundred. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, that yeah, was fun. It's, I, I was saying to Justin before we came on, like it's hard to even like remember everything that. Yeah, it just feels so long. Like some of the memories are just like very burned into my mind, and some of them are just like I don't know. It's hard to even reach for that far back. But no, definitely, definitely had a an extremely fun time at UNH for sure. Oh, yeah, that was the best. Like, like what, I, what about I had, you guys? What do you What do you get? I I had friends that would ask me to come visit them or whatever. Like, oh, why don't you leave UNH more often on the weekends to go party at other schools? I'm like, like why would I, I do just that? don't really want to. Why would I go like, to Keene State? I have State? fun here. No. Yeah, like, there's a reason I didn't go to Keene State. It was the only other school I got into. But like. Yeah, it's fun to go to for Pumpkin Fest. Go up there for two days. I got my Keene State fix for the year. I went to Plymouth mm-hmm. State once while I was in college. Like, just not really interested. I don't and know. UMass, and UMass was fun. Like, I would go visit my best friends all went there. And, like, because obviously I'm from Mass. Zach, are you from Mass? No, yeah, you're from Mass because you went to high school with my friend. I'm from Mass, so, yeah. Like, so I'm sure Rather, a lot of your friends went to Yeah, I'm sure a lot of your friends went to UMass. And, like, it was so fun to visit. But, like, I'm just not a person that could hack UMass full time. I'd, like, wake up on Sunday morning <laughs> and be like, I'm going to crash my car. Like, I, I hate, like, I can't even <laughs> see straight because I'm so hungover and like I'm unwell and like I don't know how you guys are about to like rip a Sunday fun day right now and so I think you and each have like a really great balance of partying but also just like chill downtime like we had like I don't know it was just so it was weird it was like a public university but it had like a very small like private school vibe to it at the same time yeah I feel yeah I'm remembering now like spring weekends like in UNH like when everybody would be on Young Drive oh my god when we were in park court we would have like people over there like it was once it started getting nice out like right after spring break when everybody came back and it was just good weather everybody would be outside all the time like those were probably some of the the more fun weekends that I had when I was there. Spring was the best. It would hit like 50 degrees and you'd be like wearing a fucking cutoff and you'd be like, hell yeah, <laughs> I'm going to bring this 30 yeah. rack of Keystone a Young Drive and just see where the day takes me. Just walk around in a wax penny just looking like an asshole. Yeah, yes! yeah exactly. <laughs> a, I couldn't have said it better myself. It's so true. And then you'd be like, how the fuck am I getting about from Young Drive? And I mean, we were lucky because we lived so close I mean, we were like the closest on campus on Main Street and then Park Court or whatever. Yep. Everybody else, I'm like, good luck, dude. You're walking back. Uh, it's probably like 40 degrees now at night and you guys are all walking back. It's a nightmare. Yeah, I did the, uh, I lived in Gables sophomore year. So that oh, was wow. basically just like hiking from one side of the campus to the other two or three times a day. That was, oh. yeah, got got a lot of uh, cardio in that year. It was like, all right, we'd, we'd walk past the wit and you'd get to that big, it was it a lot, whatever that big parking yes. lot is. And you go down the stairs and you feel like you're almost there. And then it's still like 600 yards away to, to get to your <laughs> building. Yeah, that was a hike. I remember that. I've only been to the Gables once for that exact reason. My best friend lived there when she transferred and I went to see her one time and I was like, I will never do this again. It was just so far. If you don't catch the bus, you're screwed, especially at night when you're trying to get there in the middle of winter and it's cold. We didn't have Ubers. And I don't think people realize that. It was insane. The freaking bus. You take the bus to the gym and shit from Williamson, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. Yep, for sure. So, what was your favorite dining hall? Oh my God, Justin, I'm going to keep it. Oh, dying hall. Ask ask away. And then you could ask. Sorry. I was a Hoko guy. I mean, I know Stillings is like the hipster answer and Stillings was good, but like you can't beat the burger bar. You can't beat the selection that they had over there. I'm like, I, I remember I was telling somebody this the other day, actually, like by the time I got to the end of college, I like despised all dining hall food just because I ate so much of it. And then I realized after I graduated, like how good we had it. Like we actually had yeah. like really, really good food at UNH, so like pretty much everywhere you went. Oh, yeah. 
and you could get as much of it as you wanted, a gigantic tray. And by the end of school, I was like, I don't need that. I'm going to go like eat a grilled cheese sandwich instead. It was, I don't know what I was thinking back then, but yeah, I was power rank. I would probably say Hoko, Stillings, Philbrook, I guess. Philbrook was I was trash. fine with all three of them, honestly. Are those, <laughs> are those the, the three? Were there, was there another yeah. one? Yeah. Or were those just the three? No, those were the, the three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest, they yeah. had like the campus convenience stores and such. As somebody big, big who- Wild Contessing guy. Oh, yeah. Wild Contessing was went down. dynamite. Oh, yeah. They were open till 4 a.m. Yep. Oh. All my dining dollars went to Wild Contessin. <laughs> I put on the freshman 15 by month two just because I lived in Stoke and Wild Contestant was open till 4 a.m. So like, oh, D-Hop's closed, Camp Co's closed, but oh, Wild Contestant's open. I'm going to go strap on the feed bag. Let's go, baby. (laughs) And then I'm like passed out in my bed in like my underwear with like waffle fries and buffalo sauce all over my chest like a jackass yeah i think i averaged like three and a half cheeseburger subs a week from wild contestant i I was i was hitting that place pretty hard oh they were so good village remember village on main street oh yeah Yeah. that steak tips from village i was a big steak tip village fan that was a big thing too i just miss it so much i think this was the sunday special was it buffalo chicken calzone because that was a big sunday special recovery day licking your wounds yeah like seven bucks i just walked down deathly hung over and just yeah give it to me i've got a lot of shame here i need to wash out with this <laughs> buffalo chicken calzone all right 100 <laughs> percent. Oh, i mean man. that was the best i fucking yeah we took that for granted i feel like or i did really at least did. i agree with you zach I, we had a freaking ice cream you. bar yeah and the cereal shit at hoko dude and the scene oh yeah it was such a scene i talked to justin about this last week it was such a scene yeah. there it's where i would go and like stock all my crushes it was hoko listen as, like, as, somebody, as somebody who worked at hoko for a fair majority of my time from age 16 to 22 dynamite miss it i worked at three colleges none of the dining halls stacked up to the ones that we had at unh i regretted ever talking shit about it like when i went to rick it was awful. Like they gave the guys like six bucks for breakfast and shit. I was like, wow, I had it so much better than these guys. They have to buy like buy the item. Six bucks for breakfast, eight for lunch, ten for dinner. But everything costs like seven bucks. And then like a Snapple costs three dollars. It's like, well, there's the ten bucks right there. Yeah, we had it great, man. Fuck, I'm I'm feeling nostalgic right now. Staring off. I know, the this distance. is this whole thing is a big nostalgic <laughs> trip, man. I'm I'm missing it for sure. Yeah, Zach, I was going to ask you something you probably don't get to talk about in these types of forums a lot. Your rugby experience at UNH and playing for Charles River. How has that been, you know, on your life? Like you're essentially like a a professional rugby player almost. I I mean, I wouldn't Wait, I just unmuted myself. What do you mean? I knew you played rugby, but I didn't know you were like, I didn't know that that was like a professional league. It's definitely not a professional league. (laughs) But I don't know. I started playing rugby at UNH freshman year because I played football in high school played all growing up wasn't nearly good enough to play at UNH so I was like oh this is the next best thing I guess and it was a ton of fun I mean I just got fully absorbed into the culture like I I don't know if you guys have ever spent any time like around rugby but it's it's a ton of fun like it's the the whole like the game itself is great and then it's just like after every game both teams go to the bar they drink together they eat together they they hang out together for a while and it's just kind of like uh it's a lot more camaraderie than you see in in most sports
sports and the fact that it's like one of the few sports that you can play after college at a reasonably high level or at least a reasonably competitive level uh, mm-hmm. without being like an actual professional. The league that I play in, we, we play teams from all around New England and we'll, we'll travel to some tournaments and stuff like that. It's certainly not like super high level by any means, but we take it reasonably seriously. Practice a couple times a week, have a game on, on Saturday, get to travel around every once in a while. But yeah, it's fun. I'm nearing the end. I, I may or may not have retired this year if we ended up having a season with <laughs> with COVID, which we didn't, unfortunately, just because my body doesn't recover nearly as well at 30 as it did at uh, 22 or 23. But Rugby is but yeah. so violent, so I can't believe you're it's even fun. still playing. Yeah, I'm I'm barely hanging on. I, I've had uh, my fair share of, of injuries over the years, for sure. What's your worst one? There was a while. Like a dislocated yeah. t- shoulder? That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> Fortunately, shoulders, arms, like legs, torso has all been good. Broke my thumb. I broke my foot. I broke my nose. Ooh. Um, I dislocated both of my pinkies. Uh-huh. I, I caught a, a rock lodged into my knee a couple years ago because the field oh, we what? play on is not uh, particularly high quality. Had to go to the hospital <laughs> and they literally had to like, they poured hydrogen peroxide um, on it and we're literally like scrubbing it with a with steel wool. It was disgusting. I'm sorry. What? Oh. Was, wow. <laughs> Are you sure you were at a hospital? Or like, what, what do you mean? Yeah, it, it, it was bad. The guy was like this is the dirtiest wound i've ever seen in my entire life i was like How yeah, can you rock? clean it out please it was like this probably but it was sharp and it was it went right in it was First of all, it was you gross it was a bad scene justify it as sharp he just held up what, that is like <laughs> bigger than a golf ball like yeah. that's insane wow yeah it was something it was it was something right around there but and then i've had a few concussions too but I mean, fortunately, oh, yeah, w- which is is definitely not ideal for sure. But I've avoided like breaking my leg or tearing my ACL or I mean, knock on wood. But like I- I've seen some gnarlier injuries on other people oh, that yeah. I've been I've, I've been lucky to not have Boy. to go down that road. But yeah, it's it's a tough sport. And but there are there are people who are play it until like their mid 40s and well, like wow. actively like, yeah, our Australians are wild with it. We, we had an Australian guy that came over and played with our team a couple of years ago. He was an absolute Wait, monster. I have a question because was, was his name George? His name is not George. Okay, because this guy that I dated in Australia then dated the carbon copy of me, and he played in Australia, and he was very, very, very good. He played at college, and then he came and moved to Boston, and it was a couple years ago, and I was just in my own universe brain because I believe we live in a simulation. And so I was thinking (laughs) this is definitely connected, but That that would have been a fantastic connection, but his name is not George. If you're wondering, Maddie's got a Joe DiMaggio-esque streak of mentioning the fact that she thinks we live in a simulation on the podcast right now <laughs> yes i do she's, i i believe that i think she's closing in on like you remember that year nomar had that long hitting streak got to like 30 games she's closing in on that oh, yeah. right now i'm slowly <laughs> trying to convince people with any way any subtlety i can hey you yeah, might not be wrong who knows i coached the dude right. when i was at post who was from england who moved to new zealand and works on a farm now his name's joe lockwood Joe, That's if amazing. you're listening, I hope you're doing well. He uh, <laughs> he joined a rugby league down there. He's like six eight. He was like, oh yeah, bro, it's fucking great. It's fucking great. What you got to come down here and see it. If you ever come down, go to a rugby match. It's fucking great. What kind of <laughs> accent is that? That was like a Conor McGregor fucking Simon Cowell, we- Harry Listen, Styles he's from, mashup. He's from the West End of London. What do you want from me? I'm from, I've got a, I've got a shrill kind of whiny New Hampshire voice here, Mads. I, listen, I'm not I'm a, I'm not a Brit. You. I don't have this great limey accent to throw at you. All right. I'm here for that. I love that. <laughs> I'm also like already on Justin's 
Instagram trying to look up this guy because I'm like, what do you mean he's six six and farms? <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyways, we're going off the rails. Yeah, I went to a couple rugby rugby games in Australia and it was insane. It's crazy. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to some over there in Australia or New Zealand, and it was it was crazy because they were, or especially New Zealand, was like one of the first countries to get COVID under control back then. So they were yeah. having like full seventy thousand person rugby games in like May, and I would be watching them <laughs> with very much FOMO. But yeah, yeah, no, it's it's crazy over there. It's like it's um, basically the NFL between yeah w- rugby and Australian rules football they have over there. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. They like do um the origin games and all yeah. my friends get super fucked up and watch it and like bet on it. Yeah, it seems cool. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, because <laughs> like what else are you gonna do? But yeah, that's very cool. You should go over there and play before you really retire. Oh um, no, I would love to. If we're ever let out of this prison, <laughs> <laughs> no time soon. Probably no time soon. Fuck. So Zach, how are you feeling? about the the upcoming Super Bowl Brady's 10th oh. just in general yeah. any thoughts I don't have any specific question here just, <laughs> just we're just gonna riff feel. off the cuff like well, let's talk about it we got Brady and Mahomes Roger Goodell's gotta be swimming around his office like Scrooge McDuck in a room full of gold coins doing the backstroke probably his wet dream I would assume uh, yeah I, I don't think you could have asked for a better matchup in the Super Bowl I mean maybe Tom Brady versus the Patriots might've been slightly more compelling to some people, but I think we all realized a while back that that was not going to happen this year. But yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time playing against essentially the only active quarterback that has any possible chance of catching him down the line, which wouldn't happen for another 15 years or so, but it's basically, and I've seen this comparison made this week. It's essentially if Jordan and LeBron played in an NBA finals Mm. when Jordan was still not like wizards jordan act like tail end bulls jordan uh and like that's a matchup that we never got to see it's a big time legacy game for for both of those guys i mean brady loses this game it's not really going to change whether he is the greatest of all time or not but say brady loses this game then mahomes ends up winning five super bowls in his career they could say well brady's got six mahomes got five but Mahomes beat Brady straight up in that or one-on-one in that one game back in 2021. Like there are just so many possible kind of storylines going into this just with those two players. And then even beyond that, you've got these ridiculously talented offenses on both sides. You got really good defenses that aren't getting as much publicity just because most of the stars are on offense, but the chiefs defensive coordinator is Steve Spagnuolo, who was the giants defensive coordinator in 2007 when the giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. There are, and honestly, just the fact that, Brady has been able to do this this year. I, I personally didn't think this was going to happen when he left New England and, and went to Tampa Bay. Like I, I thought he'd be successful. I thought they'd have a pretty good offense. I thought they'd make the playoffs. But to see him back in the Super Bowl one year after leaving Belichick and the whole sort of Patriots infrastructure to go to something yeah. completely new and completely different with Bruce Arians and do it all without much off-season training and with no preseason and all that it's pretty ridiculous and and honestly just like going back to the first point this is an ideal matchup from a viewing perspective i'm very excited to just sit down and watch this game very rarely do you get one of like the matchups that they actually hope happens you know you get like mm-hmm. celtics lakers or you get red Sox dodgers or whatever something like that those only happen every so often it's great brady versus mahomes is this year's iteration the first super bowl where the home team is playing in their home stadium. Bruce Arians, cool as hell. Andy Reid, love to eat Casey barbecue with him. I mean, a lot of storylines from my perspective that I'd like to do, you know? Hey, Justin, I mean, ask me if I'm I would rather fuck. I'm down with all those storylines, too. Who, 
you asked me if I would rather fuck. Who was it? Bruce, Bruce Arians, Arians or Andy Reid. And you said Bruce they, Arians, which I think is the correct answer. I would agree. I would agree. Wait, but they both. <laughs> no, I thought Andy. Wait, Andy Reid coaches the, the Chiefs. Correct. Bruce Arians Bruce, coaches the Bucks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks in the Super Bowl and I'm taking their coach. Oh, would you rather fuck? Because I just believe in Tom Brady so much. <laughs> this is what we talk about. We're like, we're talking sports tonight. And then Justin's like, who would you rather fuck? And I'm like, let's get into it. And I just broke it down. I'll give you the spark notes, Zach. I feel like Andy Reid is lazy. I just get that vibe about him. Just the way he looks. I just feel like he'd be lazy in bed. I feel like the other guy wears those scally caps. And I just feel like he is like, I don't know how to describe it. He just has that big, big tangle guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What were you going to say? I just, I feel like Bruce Arians is the type of guy who he leaves the facility for the day and he throws on like NWA or like mob deep from like early nineties hip pop. He's just like still into listens to a lot of Tupac, that type of shit. Yep. He definitely owns a Jimmy Buffett margarita maker and he makes frozen margaritas on like a Tuesday night. He just like, I feel like he just knows how to party and I like, wouldn't mind i wouldn't even mind honestly <laughs> at this point this is i'm help me in fucking quarantine oh anyways so like yeah that's what we talk about <laughs> hit me up. welcome to the great. podcast welcome to how I can this it. be i love it we're a fucking shit show do you watch bachelor i i have before i haven't this season i haven't in a couple years but i was reading I was reading the blog before I came on today. Big fan of Justin getting back into blogging, by the way. I was a uh, yes. I was probably one of the biggest Sweaty Towels fans back uh, during my that original blog. Yeah. I love that name. Sweaty it was great, towels. man. I was. Is that still like wow. living anywhere? Is that still no? Is that still I, archived or is that wiped from the internet? I think it's wiped <laughs> from the internet now. They made me take it down, but like that was where I developed Who's my uh, when I worked for the UNH basketball team. Like people caught Wait, wind. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. When I worked for the UNH basketball team, I was a freshman in college. I was like, you know what? Much like Zach, I like writing. Uh, I, I like writing about nonsensical things and telling good stories. So I was like doing that. And then this America Least blog picked up on it because I was a manager for the team. And they like brought me in and told me I had to delete it or I couldn't work for the basketball team anymore. So that was how it uh yeah. it, it kind of transpired. It, it left yeah. the... That was a damn shame though. I mean, that, that was. was a highly entertaining blog. I was... I was a big fan of that back in the day. And but here I am just wondering what could have been if I stuck with that instead of decided to foolheartedly chase this basketball coaching dream that I had. But it gave me some good stories. So whatever. Hey, man, Great it's, story. it's never too late. But no, right. I was going to say, because I was reading the blog and I saw that you said, who was it? Claire? Is that her name? Was just like uh, the worst bachelorette ever. Claire I remember was seeing her. She was on the like weird, like winter sports like mini season that they did a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I watched that when with my wife a couple when it when it was on. Yeah. I was like, this girl sucks. Like we are not fans of this girl whatsoever. So I think I watched the season before that. Yeah. And then I saw that she was the bachelorette. I was like, I really don't have any interest in it. And then I haven't picked yeah. it up yet this year. But <laughs> it's I mean it's, uh, yeah. the, I am working to end the stigma of men watching the Bachelor franchise. All right. That is my goal in life. Some people have more important things to campaign about, but I am going to be out there on the streets when it's safe to do so. Let men watch The Bachelor in peace, all right? 
That's where we're at as a society. It's 2021. If you like The Bachelor, you watch it. That's what I'm saying. Hey, man, I'm, I'm there with you. I, I've watched <laughs> I several seasons of it. The problem with it, though, like the episodes are so long and yes. it happens like twice a week. Basically, if you miss the pilot or if you miss the second episode, you're like totally lost for the week unless mm. you want to dedicate two hours of another random day to fitting it in. And it's just, there's just too much of it. There's too much Bachelor. Like I know they, I'm sure they get crazy good ratings for all that, but like yeah. it's a lot to handle. It's it really a shit. I just started watching this season and I'm so happy that Justin made me start watching because I am addicted, but I also feel like I'm like, how the I'm I'm over it by hour one. I'm like, this could be a one hour show. It's just too much, but it's- I watch I it mean, like a horror movie with like the covers tucked up right under my eyes. Like, oh my God, I'm like cringing and shit. I can't <laughs> There's believe- There's a lot of secondhand embarrassment for sure. Oh yeah. I don't do, um, I don't do well with secondhand embarrassment. No. <laughs> I'm just like, I just Ugh. yell at the TV. I'm like, you're the dumbest person on television right now, girl. Like, what do you mean? So I don't know. Justin wants me to go on it. And I also want to go on it just so I can like see what goes down. And I just want to like stir the pot a little bit. Maddie but... had a shot and she turned it down. So we yeah, got to like, we got to get her back. I know. Dude, I, I could, I could definitely see you on The Bachelor for sure. Can you imagine? I'd just be like, that girl said this about you and just lie. But like, not, Zach, but do like, you, in a, what? do you think she'd be just a good, do you think she'd be like a Pantheon level Bachelor villain? Or what do you think? Like, you'd be like one of the ones be like, oh my God, do you remember Maddie from season 27 of The Bachelor? God, she. She was a lunatic. Oh my Let me God. tell you I what mean, she did. My mental health cannot handle that. So I want to be <laughs> like a Caitlin Bristow and just coast, but also be kind of a bitch. No, that's that's what fair. It is. I mean, this girl, Victoria, that's on this season now, Zach, I think you should, I, there's probably a YouTube compilation of her somewhere because she is the most diabolical human on television in any program, fiction or reality ever. She's insane. I love it. It's incredible. She's a out. real person. She's fucking nutty. <laughs> it's Anyways. incredible. Well, I feel like there are definitely some people in that that'll just like, they're like, I'm just going to go on to just cause as much chaos as I can and then get invited to Bachelor in Paradise or whatever and sort of coast and hang out on a beach for a while. Oh, it's yeah. It's not a bad strategy, honestly. Not at all. I'll follow it. I'll credit um, you for it when I'm on Bachelor in Paradise. Do, I'll, be, you I'll have... be podcasting from a hut out on the beach. <laughs> nice cabana. Do you have any out. more questions for Zach? Me? Mads? I could legit legitimately talk to you for hours but i'll let you go because what time is it there 11 and me and justin still have to finish so and he's a dad so you know i'm trying to be more aware i have a couple short ones i put together a little six pack for you just some oh i love some quick ones Let's little tuesday six pack here zach so been to some super bowls best super bowl experience you've had which one gotta be pat's falcons just witnessing that whole finish and the craziness with that game and being on the field watching players is sort of processing it 15 minutes after the game. I remember walking on the field after that game and Jacoby Brissett was just kind of like walking around the field like wide-eyed. I was like, Kobe, are you right, man? He's like, honestly, dude, this is crazy. I don't even know what's going on. Like just getting to witness stuff like that is pretty cool. But every Super Bowl has been, I mean, it's a Super Bowl. It's, it's hard to complain. Even the one in Minnesota where basically I hung out in the Mall of America for a week straight <laughs> and <laughs> didn't leave because I didn't want to get frostbite. Like even that, it's it's still a Super Bowl. It's, it's still yeah. a hell of a time. But I think think if I if I had to name a number one uh, I would probably say that first one that's awesome love that great answer for those of you who don't know the Patriots did come back in a Super Bowl from 28 to 3 down and won so google it you can I was you there oh my god <laughs> I can't even believe where, where were you watching in a press box obviously no it was good and bad thing about Super Bowls is that there are so many reporters that they can't fit them all into the press box so a couple of the games that I've covered they make 
auxiliary press boxes just in the stands. They just kind of like block wow. off rows of stands and put little tables there, which is kind of annoying from like a workflow standpoint because you don't have a TV and you're like in the craziness, but yeah. you get to experience every bit of the crowd as it's happening. And in that game, it was just anarchy for that entire Were you in Patriots section was... or were you in the Falcons? Is there sections in the Super Bowl? Like how did that work? No, it's it's just a, a hodgepodge of whatever, wherever anybody can find tickets. It was like three rows of reporters and then there were like fans in front and fans behind us. Whoa. So it was just like, I couldn't hear myself think trying to write that entire, the final five minutes in overtime. It's just like, you're trying Could to Could you believe what was happening? Were you just no, like, I it, can't it believe was, this is happening? I was in full sort of like mental autopilot mode almost during that yeah. I was like I gotta write I just gotta like I gotta figure sort yeah. of try to comprehend everything that's happening and then yeah after the game you kind of like sit back and you're like that was that was something special yeah it was it was incredible it was probably something that I, I won't get to experience again that was yeah it, it was something else I got written up by the leasing office of my apartment complex for noise <laughs> watching that game and wait you're joking no I'm not I I, I got a letter on uh, Tuesday morning following the Super Bowl because somebody like complained that the person above them was making too much noise. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I'm quiet 99.9% of the time. And then the Patriots make this historic comeback. You got to expect something's going to happen. It's Super Bowl Sunday for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you need a pass there. Yeah. 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 What the fuck? I tried to fight a group of boys at a bar because I was the only Patriots fan there. The only one, Zach, I'm not kidding. Legitimately, there's like six of us. I was at a bar in Long Beach. It's Bow's Point, you know, Bow's Point beer. Yes. So yeah. it's their like brewery. And so I was there and um, I was the only Patriots fan by like the third quarter, like beginning, like after halftime, I was like, the only Pats fan there and I was like this is fucking miserable and all these boys were taunting me and there's this video of me after we win and I literally go up to them and pound on my chest I was like a fucking <laughs> gonna fight them and I was like I was like that's fucking right I'm like screaming in their face and I'm like fuck you and all my friends in California are like are is this happening like what do you mean and I was like sobbing and I was like you guys don't understand what this means I was a fucking wreck but dancing on the graves of all those fucking people because out here it's not like oh my god I'm getting heated this is what happens Zach I go down a fucking like treacherous mountain of shit so anyways, yeah, I was freaking out. and But there's not many bad things about living in California genuinely. But the only bad, like one of the bad things is they don't have like teams really. They're not like dedicated to besides the Dodgers, but they all hate Boston. It's all like transplants, right? Yeah. Yeah. So unless you're from, there's like a good amount of people from Boston. But like if you're at a bar and any Boston team is on, even if it's not an LA team, everyone wants you to lose. So it's like, I would just go into like fight or flight mode and I was ready to fuck people up. I was ready to start <laughs> grabbing fucking kegs and whipping them out heads. I was out of my mind. It was out of control. Oh, yeah. I I respect the passion. Oh, I have. Can you imagine? See, this is, I mean, amongst millions of reasons I can't have your job, it's because... Again, if I was in the stands at that, I'd be literally dancing on people's bare faces on the floor, like yeah. of my job. Yeah. So sounds about right. Anyways, so that was uh, my little story. Second question I had for you: Did you travel with the Celtics and the Bruins? I did not. I, I only travel with the uh, Patriots. Yeah. All right. So best NFL stadium you've been to? Not Gillette, but favorite NFL stadium you've been to? That's a good one. There are a couple I haven't been to yet that I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, going. I haven't been to Lambo. I want to go to Lambo. Haven't been to. Cowboy Stadium. I hear that place is just like a spaceship, essentially. Yep. Can I ask you a question really fast about that? How big is, yes. how many people fit in Gillette? I think it's like 68,000, something like that. And is and Cowboys like way bigger? Cowboys is like 100. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's oh massive. absolutely enormous. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, yeah, that's how Jerry Jones does things with the Cowboys. It's just everything is bigger, 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 bigger. But yeah. 
Yeah, they. I think Damn. the last time they played down there is like 2015, so I just missed it. So hopefully yeah. they'll they'll get a game there soon. But I think of the ones that I've actually been to, the one in Minnesota was really cool. The one for the Super Bowl, yeah, because uh, it had just opened. I think the year before and the, a lot of the stadiums that have opened in the last couple of years, they're like really just pulling out all the stops and trying to have really cool architecture and really cool designs and really cool little innovations and, and everything. And, and that place was, was pretty awesome. Atlanta last two years ago in the Super Bowl was pretty cool too. I'm trying to think if there's any like older ones that I, I liked a lot, but yeah, I think Minnesota was probably the coolest I've been to. That's dope. All right. That's awesome. Great question, Justin. Number three, who are a couple of just the coolest dudes you've dealt with, regardless of sport, a couple of like the coolest athletes, like, man, that dude's cool. Yeah, it's, there are definitely guys. It's interesting to see like the different personalities of a lot of guys. Cause there are some guys that are just all business, super serious. There are some who are kind of young and upcoming. So they're afraid to say anything wrong. So they, are kind of super hesitant a lot of times, but the best guys, they're usually not superstars, but they're like veterans who've been around for a couple of years. And they're just they're like, Hey man, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, like deal with it. Essentially. Evan Turner from the Celtics was ridiculously cool. I mean, just like he's probably still the best quote that I've ever dealt with. And that was on my first year as a beat writer. Yeah. Eric Rowe was similar with the Patriots. Deron Harmon was really cool. Both of the McCordys are cool. They're I've definitely with them. a little more. They're the best. Their cousin is Anthony Grell, who played on UNH football or their cousin. Yeah. Uh, do you remember Ant? I don't think I, I do. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. That's so they're cousins. I feel like I probably should have known that. Yeah. That's they were wild. wicked nice. Yeah. That yeah, I they're, had no business super- being there. <laughs> I was like, I'm not cool enough. I had just left a wedding. I was in the most ridiculous outfit. They brought us to some insane club in Boston. We were partying with fucking David Ortiz and the McCordys. And I was like, I don't belong here. I'm not cool enough. And they were the nicest guy. Like you would have never known. They were like insane athletes. They were cool. They're they're really good dudes. Yeah. Trying to think of who else. The two that stand out are are Evan Turner and Eric Rowe, which is kind of weird because neither of them are super prominent Boston athletes. But I don't know, as as a reporter, you just appreciate guys that when you're talking to them, it feels like you're talking to an actual person like this is the person that this person is. They're not sort of putting on the the Mm -hmm. face for the media or or sort of filtering their questions or their answers or whatnot. But yeah, those two guys are two that stand out that I've always enjoyed covering. Love that. Great answer. I love when it's not somebody you'd like expect. Everybody wants to talk about the Mount Rushmore of guys on the team. Tom Brady. Tom yeah. Brady, yeah, and then it, it's Eric Rowe and it's Evan Turner. Like that's that's where you get like the best quotes. Oh, for sure. And I mean, honestly, there have been very few guys that are just like actively unpleasant to talk to. Like overall, it's like with the Patriots, most guys are a little more tight-lipped than they'd probably be with other teams, just given the the whole culture in New England. But I, I think I don't know what the reason is, but the vast majority of people that I've dealt with have been, even if they're not going to give you anything, they're not just going to kind of come out and and just be like a miserable dude to you. So that's definitely been a uh, been nice for us to uh to deal with. No, that's awesome. Next question I had for you. Best piece of advice you've received since you've been in your industry? Something that's kind of kept you going or whatever. Hmm, that's that's a good one. The one that I give to like younger people when, when they ask me the same question is to be versatile and to not come into a job or, or a role within a job and say, I'm going to do this and only this. Like I am a writer who covers the Red Sox and that's all I do. If I did that, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am right now because I mean as we talked about earlier I went covered like four different teams I've written random stories on on my like desk shift back in the day I've done videos I've done podcasts I've done all sorts of different written type of content and I think some people just have it in their mind they're like oh no like 
I know what I'm good at and like that's what I'm going to do. But like, unless you're really, really, really good at that, then you kind of pigeonhole yourself a little bit and prevent yourself from kind of reaching some new opportunities that that might not have opened up otherwise. So that's what I tell people when when they ask me for advice in the industry is just be versatile, be open to to new opportunities and try to yeah be as multi-talented as you can. That's awesome. That's great this advice. So great. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, that sucks in one of my other questions. So I don't have to ask that. I can slide in a bonus one here. Your favorite Twitter follows, you know, obviously present Ooh. company excluded. No, I'm, I'm dynamite <laughs> on Twitter and so is Maddie, but no, Justin you know, other is than dynamite. Us, Zach. <laughs> I just complain about random shit. Justin's great follow. <laughs> But yeah, who are your favorite oh, well, like sports I'm, I'm def- and then also not? Let's see, there are a lot of good ones now nowadays one of my favorite personalities like a person not not a, a team or an organization or anything like that i've always been a fan of uh, pete blackburn i'm sure you follow pete blackburn yeah uh, that sounds familiar Justin, i love pete blackburn like, yeah I, i've followed pete for a while i, I think I, i've gotten to meet him once or twice in random locker room settings he's he's a hilarious dude i i just like the the way that he i don't know the kind of sense of humor that he's got on there yeah. so he's he's definitely one of my favorites i don't know there there are so many of them now he's the one that jumps to mind i mean who who how about you? Who are your go-to guys? Oh, my favorites are definitely Trill Withers. Oh, yeah. Trill is fantastic, too. He might be my favorite. Him and probably PFT. I feel like those guys are yeah. operating on Twitter on just a different stratosphere than the rest of us, just the way that the content that they're able to create. And when PFT puts out every NFL Sunday, what he's doing to prepare, I'm like, oh, whoa, that just blew and my I mind. I have seen that. What do you mean? What does he say? So, for example, for the NFC Championship game, he said something about call all of his timeouts early because the best way to uh, stop a blitzing a blitzing defense is is via a Stalin offense, which is like a World War II joke, Battle of the Bulge between Germany and the USSR. And I was like, oh, oh, that's enough Twitter for today. I don't think I can top that. I was like, George Costanza, like, all right, it's been good to see you. I'm out. Have a good one. Just going out on top. I definitely no, with, butchered with, that joke, but I think you get the idea of what I'm going for. Dude, they definitely have that level of comedy where it's like, if you're not sort of in the know and you're not in on the joke, you're like, I don't understand these guys at all. But as soon yeah, as you 100%. like- follow it for a little and you know what the the sort of references are you're like these guys are just like absolute geniuses yeah like some of the stuff that i see the pmtn trail tweet i'm just like my brain can't possibly even like come close to thinking of stuff like that so yeah they're definitely up there on mine for sure it's unbelievable unbelievable the last one of these uh, i think this is the sixth question here of, of my my tuesday six pack here for you you covered minor league baseball. I got to know, what are your favorite minor league baseball mascots? Because for those oh, of you that yeah. don't know, oh, I'm a big yeah. minor league baseball guy to the point where it's like kind of sickening. So please regale us. <laughs> All right. Well, I think the number one, the goat has to be the the Montgomery Biscuits. Oh, they're, yeah. Shit. I knew like, I should have worn that hat tonight. I just I have, unmuted myself. Almost, are you kidding? That's a name? It's like, oh, yeah. They're almost like old school too, because within the last like five years, it's been a trend. I think for minor league teams to just try to go viral by having ridiculous names. Oh, like, yeah. That only started a couple of years ago, but the biscuits have been around for a while. They were like, Hey, we're just going to name our team after a biscuit, like deal with it. Yeah. But yeah, um, they're, they're definitely, they're probably the OG in that. Let me even pull up the names. I feel like there's been a million name changes since, since I left. I'm trying to think of the other good ones. Um, well, I, I do um, own so cutie. a Montgomery biscuits hat and I should have worn it 
specifically <laughs> for this podcast, but I went with the Whalers cap instead. Oh, we do. Love you, you can't cap. go wrong with the Whalers cap for sure. That's true. Um, Bring back the Whalers. This mascot oh, makes me want rub- biscuits. The Akron Rubber Ducks. Akron, Akron Rubber Ducks. They're, they're a good one. The Binghamton Rumble see. Ponies. The Rumble That's Ponies. See, they, they were like, I feel like Rubber Ducks and Rumble Ponies. Those were like the early portion of this like new trend where they're just, we're gonna, yeah. they're like, we're just going to name our teams as ridiculously as possible. Oh, yeah. Um, to sell merch and, and get clicks. Because um, I think until three see. years ago, the Rumble Ponies were just the Binghamton Mets. It left a lot to be desired. For sure. Back on the Mets talk, Maddie. We got three weeks in a row of Mets talk now. Zach, I oh, was like, we got the El Paso Chihuahua. That was that's a good one. Wait, These are unbelievable. Uh, well, no, oh, I yeah, remember because you took a sports class. In a sports class, we had to like come up with a minor league marketing thing. Were you guys in that class with me? It was like minor I league don't baseball. Think I was... Did you take any sports classes or you were just communication? No, I did. I, I was a sports studies minor. I did the class where you had to make a marketing plan for a, a UNH team. Oh. It was like you had to build out the whole, I think it was sports marketing. Yeah, I yes. learned a lot that is about correct. the UNH volleyball <laughs> team that year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. I was in like random oh, yeah. classes. I was like one class short of a, of a minor, so I just called it a concentration. But I was telling Justin this last probably two episodes ago i just hitched my wagon to all the athletes because um they all got b's no matter what so i was just like i'm in your group today and we're getting a b on this powerpoint that has three slides on it and zero information so it's gonna be great and that's how i did so yeah yeah i was with two two basketball players in that class they were my group plan to revitalize unh women's volleyball i don't know if we succeeded or not (laughs) yeah but um yeah <laughs> yeah, I think that's all the uh, all the all the questions I have for you. But I I do have one uh, one brief story, Maddie, which I don't know if you're familiar with or not. Oh, I'm excited. So Zach Cox and I went to the Blazed and Confused tour at the building <laughs> formerly known as the Tweeter Center between freshman you and did. sophomore year of college. Wait, with three eleven and slightly stupid, slightly stupid Snoop Dogg. Stephen I was there. Marley and Mickey Avalon. And yes, I was there. We were pre-gaming the parking lot beforehand, playing catch with a football, and Snoop Dogg's bassist came up to us on a little mini bike. Huge dude on a mini bike. Offered us, there was like, what was there? Probably like six or seven of us. Yeah. Offered us backstage passes. What? In exchange for the football. You're kidding. Not kidding. And you, you I mean, yeah, my, my buddy who owned the football didn't want to give it to him. And we were like, no, man, you got to give him this football. Yeah. We're so, like, we're, we'll pitch and buy a new football. Uh, apparently <laughs> he was a big football fan or somebody was a big football fan. And this was the last stop of their tour. So they wanted to get a football and have like everybody sign it and give it to, I don't know Aww. if it was Snoop or somebody else. And yeah. we're like, okay, man. So that yeah, they brought us backstage. What? This was like before the show. We like check out everything there. We're like, oh man, this is cool. Like this is this is sweet. And then as we're leaving, he's he's just like, here's like eight backstage passes. Like come hang out whenever you want. Okay. We'll do that. That was sick. Whoa. Wait, that's amazing. I can't even imagine what went down back there at a fucking Snoop Dogg with yeah, slightly in Snoop. I remember, I mean, I was there, I was on the lawn. That was so lit. That was like the best. I mean, and you live or no, you're not. Are you near, are you near Twitter? Were you near Twitter? Yeah, I'm like two, I was like two towns over. I, I was in Ratham yeah. and I was in Mansfield. So yeah, it was pretty close. And those yeah, we, we were there so all the time uh, in the summer back then. Yeah. I know. Cause they'd have a crazy, it would be like gym 94, five, whatever summer. And then it was like the EDM shows. And then there was always a Dave Matthews. There was always a 311 and then always a slightly stupid show. Yeah. Oh, that was so yeah. fun. I, I think I saw OAR there like yes. a dozen times. Like, yes. Oh my god, I was like 15 <laughs> or 16 when I saw them there. I that was my one of my first concerts was OAR. That was lit. Yep. Oh, wow, we're sick. so textbook Massachusetts people. 
<laughs> like, yeah, we saw OAR at the Tweeter Center. Oh, oh, yeah, super, super basic for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god maddie anything it. else for our esteemed guest no you need to leave zach or else i'm gonna literally keep you here until three in the morning and you're gonna <laughs> hate your life because i could talk to you for, again for hours so i appreciate you so much for coming on yeah please 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 come back on please 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 it was hey, so fun. absolutely I, I really appreciate you guys having me hopefully once COVID is through and everything we can do a an in-person reunion oh yeah at some point it would be great to see you guys and and see yeah, absolutely everybody else from from back up at school but yeah Thanks, guys. This was fun. Yeah. yeah. No, thanks for coming on, man. And you know, if if you're if you're listening, follow Zach on Twitter. Is it uh, is it at Zach Cox Nesson? Yes, that's correct. So follow him on Twitter. He's gonna provide you all the best Patriots scoops, news, and whatnot. Really appreciate you spending a lot of time, probably more than you assumed, coming on with us. But we really yeah. appreciate you taking some time out of your week, man, to to join us. Seriously, of course, man. I it was a blast yeah. for sure. Wait, I have one more thing that I forgot to mention. Yes. You you kind of went viral for your uh, Belichick video on Twitter. Which one? Do you remember that? Wait, wasn't it Belichick or so no? It was Cam at dancing at camp. Oh yeah, yeah. That one. Uh, that one really took off. That was yeah, a, uh, I, it yeah, was big. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that got like I don't keep track of like the views of the videos like on Twitter too much, but I I remember looking and that was or I think my my editor sent it to me. And they were like, yeah, like 2.5 million people have viewed this video. You should wow. pin that on your Twitter. Yes, because I was <laughs> looking for it before you came on. And I was like, why doesn't he have this pinned? Because I had actually seen it on some, I wasn't following you. I don't even know if I had Twitter at this time. And you I, didn't. I don't think, I didn't. And I saw it on a, on Mustman on Instagram and it, they credited you. And I was like, oh my God, I know that person. That's that Fox from UNH. And I was like, so excited I think it you. ended up getting, yeah, I think it, it ended up getting like, I think Portnoy like put the video on his Twitter or like a couple other like big time accounts like grabbed it and used it on there so for most of the views probably came from those ones but i'll take them yeah we that's love awesome. it that was so cool i remember yeah i was like so proud of you and i was like that's fucking awesome so love that congrats love i appreciate on the viral it. tweet well, oh, thanks, thanks guys on. yeah thanks for coming on man we really appreciate it and you know like we said follow him on twitter follow him on instagram whatever he's got a lot of good stuff you know you want to become a, an hctb hipster you want to become a zach cox hipster because he's going to the moon all 100%. right and we're gonna ride his coattails to the top he'll always be you know our 100%. first most famous guest so uh, keep, keep killing it on the podcast guys I'm, I'm looking forward to uh to following along with you guys hell yeah man but yeah, no, like Maddie said, come back anytime. We'd love to have you. Whatever you want to talk about, forum's yours, man. Thank awesome. you. All right, I'll see you guys. See you, All Zach. Right. He's so sweet. I love him.